The Joe Rogan Experience Podcast is brought to you by The Fleshlight. Damn, I forgot to tweet that I was doing this. Should I tweet it? I'll tweet it while I'm talking about it. While we're talking about The Fleshlight, this is what we'll do. We'll have an extended little conversation about The Fleshlight while I tweet this. Here we go. Jokes. You have a butthole one here that, that's been used <laughs> as a prop since we started getting sponsored by the Fleshlight. And so many comics' fingers are so dirty and nasty. <laughs> now the butthole looks like it, it wiped really bad. Yeah, it does look like a dirty butthole. And it or smells. Like a weird, like, sort of like a really, a, like, not a black person, but like a really dark islander. Yeah. When they have, you ever see, like, like, like girls from like the uh, Philippines, like Hawaiian girls, asshole. They have like there's a certain darkness to the vagina area. Yeah, what's that all about? It's just you know, just like some people's butts are normal color, some people's are purple. <laughs> but do you think there's some evolutionary reason to have uh, your uh, your your butthole and your vagina lips darker? Yeah, because you're not supposed to fuck it. You know, it's that those are dangerous bitches. Or better, the dark <laughs> or yeah, or the better. sweet of the juice, right? Yeah, right. Isn't that what the theory behind that shit is always? <laughs> Yeah. Fear of a white planet. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? Go to JoeRogan.net, click on the link for the flashlight, and you can get 15% off the number one sex toy for men. And they have like zombie flashlights now and zombie yeah. dicks. It's you gross. Can, you can uh, fuck a mouth of a vampire, I think. Oh, no, it's even worse now. Now it yeah. looks like there's like it's been damaged like in a car accident, Ugh. and it's just like looks like all a zombie, fucked up. Like a yeah. real zombie. Like it's decaying. Oh, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> is that like a novelty thing? I think, yeah, the holidays and shit. And, you know, there's a lot of horror fans. Yeah, I guess. But to fuck it? Yeah. It's one thing to... Maybe it's a novelty one. Maybe it's like a car that you don't drive because it's a special edition Corvette or some shit. So you just put it in your garage and hope it's an investment. <laughs> We're also brought to you by Onnit. O-N-N-I-T dot com. Makers of Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain is a cognitive sum- uh, enhancing... Uh, I always fuck this up. So it's the pills that are supposed to make you smart. And I, See, I don't have anything planned out. We right. never like sat down and said, well, this is what we'll say about Alpha Brain. So I say, oh, it's a cognitive enhancing uh, something or another. It's fucking real good for making you think, man. <laughs> Tell you what, I feel pretty clear when I'm on it. But how ironic that when you start talking about it... This, this, for, for some reason, the subject makes people mad. This bringing up this alpha brain thing. So I want to say this. Please don't buy it. Please. I want, this is what I want you to do. I want you to try. Find what the ingredients are in alpha brain. Look it up online on onnit.com. It's available. Take the exact ingredients of some bulk stuff that you can buy for much cheaper than what, it, what we did when we put all this together in like sort of a one-stop shopping sort of a situation. Go buy that stuff. Please, please buy it and just try it. And I know people have positive results. I've talked to people with it. Some people don't. Some people, and I don't know whether that's a subjective thing, I don't know whether or not they, they, they can't differentiate between a good and a bad day, whether it just doesn't work on them, where everybody's biologically different. I mean, some people can't eat peanuts. They eat one peanut and they'll fucking die. Everyone's system is different. For me, the shit works. I'm not lying to you. Please stop saying I am. Stop sending me mean tweets. It's annoying. You don't have to buy it. I'm not forcing you to. But to tell me that I am not experiencing positive results from it and that all these other people that are taking it and are talking to me about all the great results, to, t- to say that we're not t- t- telling the truth is just insulting and it's stupid and it doesn't make sense, you fuckhead. You don't know what I'm feeling. And by the way, if it's not the placebo effect because you, can, you have fucking incredible vivid dreams. And they're vivid dreams to me. I don't remember ever having dreams like this before I started taking this shit. I don't even know if it's more vivid. I think you just remember it. Like, yeah. I remember it more. Like, usually you wake yeah. up and you forget it. Now I can remember That's it. That's true. I don't, yeah, how would I know if I don't remember them whether or not they were vivid? Yeah. But 
that to me is like that's some fucking tangible proof man and even if it is a placebo i don't think it is but even if it was i like placebos give them give me to me give them to me trick me trick me with your pet rock trick me i'm in this for results if you can give me some shit that cures cancer for some fucking crazy reason but meanwhile it's just a sugar pill give it to me Give it to me. They should sell pills yeah. with placebo in it. And just I'm, call it placebo. I'm not convinced that we have a handle on how the human brain works. By the way, we're going to talk to David Lipton about this. He's going to actually come on the podcast and, and talk to us about it, uh, about this subject. So we're, we're setting that up, and he's uh, way smarter than us on all these subjects. The fucking Joe Rogan experience is ready to drop. We're going old school. It's just me and Brian today. The Joe Rogan experience. Oh, robotic. That's Steve Jobs, feminine essence from beyond the grave. That's what that is. That's what it seems like. Dude, we were just talking about the Apple TV the other day. On the New York Times today, they have Apple TV with Siri uh, 2013. Yeah, that's what they think it's going to be. That's all a rumor right now, though, right? That's that's crazy, though. We were just talking about that, what, two days ago? Yeah. Well, didn't we read about it? No, I'm just... Was it it just speculation? Steve said something in his biography about he's figured out the TV. Right. And then I just like, hey, Siri... Yeah, the TV seems like it would make. Oh, sense. so yeah, so you read the whole biography already? No, no, I'm still reading it right now. A lot of people are angry at him, man. A lot of people are saying, "That's the cup to the flashlight." Oh, in case you wondered, ladies and gentlemen, that's ew, dude. Put that away. Put that away. Um, a lot of people are like going, "God, he's such a douchebag." Like he, like he accomplished so much. Yeah, he had this brilliant vision. Yeah, he followed through and created the greatest computers known to man. But everybody just keeps saying he's a douchebag. Yeah. Well, you have to be. You have to. Is that true though? I thought you didn't. Well, well, See, this is what really bothers me. Right. Because I always saw him, and I like, well, this guy's fucking cool. He's like a Buddhist. He's obviously really intelligent. He's so beloved. I mean, how is there ever been a more beloved CEO? I mean, that guy was a goddamn rock star. Steve Jobs would get out on that stage, and those geeks would freak the fuck out. They was like, "He's here. He's leading us." It's like he was leading a movie. It wasn't just like he's a CEO of a technology company. He was a part of this Apple movement and also fueled by that sort of underdog thing that everybody loves. People love being an underdog, man. They love being in the fucking unknown band, you know, or or knowing about the unknown band and going to see them before they broke, before they go mainstream. People love like small things against the fucking oppressive Microsoft regime. Fuck you, Windows. I'll never why Windows. I'll fucking Mac till I die. There's, there's something weird about that. And there's some Unix dorks that do that right now and Linux dorks. And, you know, so I think it was part of that, that he had all of a sudden made this, this little underdog successful and it was blossoming in front of everybody's eyes. So you get to tell your friends, oh yeah, fucking Macs are up 2% this week. You know, and like, you know, the number one stock in the stock market. And people would, it was, it was like really like you were rooting for the fucking Buffalo Bills, you know? It might as well have been some baseball team that you were, you were on. It wasn't just this operating system thing. And this guy was like a fucking hero, man. He was like a hero on a sitcom or, or a, a, a TV show rather you know like he came along and all of a sudden he's he's leading these people on this fucking multi-episode adventure where he keeps bringing you cooler and cooler shit you know and you 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 know as long as you i'm a mac person i'm i'm down with mac and everybody sort of you know you, you either became mac or pc but if you were mac boy that's your guy 
You know? and, and I think like him being called an asshole and hard to work with and stuff, he probably had you a have vi- to be. He had a vision, and, yes. he, and no one else is understanding what he's thinking. But he has to make sure it goes through to like what he's thinking in his head on uh-huh. paper to a product. Yeah. And there's people probably putting their two cents in like, no, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. It's, it probably was like he was a controlling asshole, but you mm-hmm. know what? Those All those people right now, they all fucking get it. Now, yeah. You know? Right. Like the iPhone probably was weird when he first was trying to talk about it. You know? Well, it's all, it's like, look at all the different people working in all the various companies and just think about this. How much of yourself are you really truly willing to give for the, your company's success, right. how much of yourself do you, and how much, how, how intelligent are you truly? How well read are you? How introspective are you? How objective are you? Are you really honest about your own ideas? Or are you immersed in your ego? And if you don't have a, a, a handle on all of those things, if you don't like have answers to all of those questions, a guy like Steve Jobs comes along and he can do some shit that you can't do. Okay, because that guy will he he will work till he drops. He's super fucking smart. He's done LSD. He said it was like one of the most important things of his life. Yeah, you know, I mean, he had some you know he had some flaws for sure, but he was also this you know it's really like a cliche. You know, the star that shines twice as bright lasts half as long, but it really almost is. I mean, I can't say that he caused his own disease, but I can't think that it helps to work like a fucking demon. Yeah. To work like a man possessed to live the company. There's reports saying that he worked on the day he died. In the hospital room, he was finishing off a certain product, which some are saying the iPhone 5, some are saying the the Apple TV. Oh, my God. And that he did on the day he died. Wow. That's so crazy. I guess he just... That's we figured. Fuck it. I just ride this bitch right into the beach. Yeah, amazing, amazing. But what an impact! And you think about like the impact that that guy had on all the different different human beings who enjoyed his products, us included. You know, we're both Mac dorks. Mm-hmm. You know, I've considered PCs. I fuck around with them a little bit. They're beautiful too. They have a great operating system. It's way better than the old operating systems. But god damn it, if I don't know a million people with viruses. God damn if I don't know. Everybody I talk to has got some new thing where they went to a porn site and now every time they turn on their fucking computer they see dicks. <laughs> you, know? you know? It's just, I mean, that happens all the time. Get a bigger awesome. dick. Get a bigger dick. That's Get awesome. a bigger dick. Like, God damn it, you fuck. Like, they'll infect you with a big dick commercial. Well, it's kind of like your message board. Anytime somebody gets pinked or, mm-hmm. you know, like put in the pink room, if they're really bad, yeah. we used to change their... Cocktars. Uh, yeah, yeah. cocktars, which is the worst disease dick we could find on. Yeah, would, I actually ask people to stop doing that because it got obsessive. <laughs> well, I don't want to call anybody out or what the one guy did. It. He admitted it. He's like, that's me. I'm like, dude, how many fucking cocktails have you given out? He'd given out like hundreds of them and it's so homophobic. I used to. But, you know, you know, Jace, whatever. Jester Star? Jester Star? Jester Star, yeah. I don't know if you even post anymore, but I, he was one that I gave a cocktail to and he, it was really a funny photo because the dick was so small and what I never told anybody is that every day I made it a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller, <laughs> Until there was no dick, and no one ever, never noticed. <laughs> That's it. It takes the most ridiculous dedication. Why did you do that? I don't know because it, it was how many fun. days of this? I think it was like probably seven days. <laughs> but it, it was he was it, it was so he was so upset because I think it was one of the first cocktails. He was so upset that that he got such a horrible dick in this picture. <laughs> like it's so small. What the fuck, dude? And 
That is rude to make people post with an avatar, someone's dick. But some of those guys are dicks. Right. You know? It's like there's no better way to discourage douchey behavior than to punish people for it. Yeah. I and mean, it's not like it's a real punishment. It's a fucking message board. You don't have to be there. You know? You don't want to be there. Don't stop being there. But for some people, man, you put them in that pink room and they go fucking ballistic on you. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's yeah. fascinating to watch. I mean, the, the, the special ed room is really a, a fascinating experiment because... It's like those Stanford prison studies that they did, you know, when they made like students like pretend to be prison guards and then other students, like they had to cut those short because people get crazy. Right. You know, they got, they got nutty and they started behaving as if it was like a real prison. It got like really creepy. They had to like cut the experiment short and it wasn't very many days. I think it was like seven days or something like that. I'd have to re reread it over and over again to, to really get a handle on it. But the idea that you tell them they can only post in one forum now, all of a sudden it's like prison. It's really weird. It's like they get fucking trapped in here. Meanwhile, you're on the internet. Every everyone on the board can read it. Right. They can read it. It's just like what's been what what we decided is we're gonna have two forums, and one forum is essentially uncensored, except for I don't allow auto plays. Right. You, know, you can't have auto plays. You can't trick people. You can't rickroll people. You know, nothing stupid like that. Right. Then we'll just ban you. Right. But other than that, you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. Unless you're, you know, if, if someone tunes in, though, and finds out that you're a super cunt in there, and then you're like, what is this guy even here for? What's yeah. the point? And then they'll be, we'll just ban you. Yeah. But, but I, I find myself hanging out more in the special ed room than the regular forum. Like, I, I go only to the podcast forum, and, and then once in a while I go to the special ed. Like, I don't even <laughs> no, go to the regular forum. I, really? I, I've probably gone twice in the last year. Um, I just started going into the special ed forum recently and checking, because some guys actually will post some cool shit. They're just assholes. Right. You know, they'll post some cool shit, but then they'll get online and call somebody a nigger or call somebody a faggot, and you're like, oh, okay, what the fuck? Come on, man. Yeah. What are you doing? There's not, no need for this. This is stupid. This is like... You know, if, especially when a lot of times there's like no no point to escalating. Like people just escalate for no reason. You know, and I wonder always if it's like the name shit talking 101. Because didn't we change it for a little while? We changed it. I did. I changed it for a short period of time. But I don't remember what I called it. What theme are you on? Are you on the blue or the black? Theme? I like the blue. Yeah, I'm on the black. I went back to the black. And yeah. I think in the black it used to be on a sign that said shit talking 101. And then that's it. Like that was the art drawing. Uh -huh. I think it was like an old drive through movie theater or yeah. something. I can't well, remember. For what people don't know what the fuck we're talking about, there's you when you click on the there's a like a link at the bottom of somewhere in the message board that allows you to choose from different styles of message board. It's either black with white font or blue with black font. Right. I like a really light blue that a lot of people think is gay. But I like it. No, I'm usually on that, but I switch back to black. I, I like it because uh, it reminds me of sunny skies, blue skies. I like blue skies. They make me happy. Yeah. So I look at that and <laughs> like the way it is. I think there's a direct correlation between like looking at like certain dark, dark colors and having dark thoughts. You yeah. know, I, I think there is a correlation between those two. Absolutely. You know, I think maybe the message board would be less cunty if people just use the blue. Have you ever have you ever owned a house or an apartment that just had like really bright yellow walls and like like bright like like kitchen like bright yellow walls? Maybe it's so nice. It, yeah. You always feel happy and clean when you're in it. Really? Yeah. Try it out. Try it. Find a room and just paint it bright yellow. You'll be surprised. It's weird. What the fuck is that all about? It's just exactly what you're saying. It's, it's like, just one of those colors that makes you feel good. Yeah. The sun, like, obviously. Yeah. Right? Blue, yeah. sky, yellow, the sun. Yeah. That totally makes sense. You know, that's, I mean, when you talk about people that live in places like Seattle where it rains constantly, what's the number one complaint? They don't get sun. They, they get depressed. And that's why so many of them commit suicide. 
You know, I mean, that's like a big issue, man. And it's really a vitamin D deficiency as well. Apparently, your brain, your body uh, makes vitamin D while you're in the sun. Like, while you're in the sun, your yeah. body's producing a vitamin. It's pretty interesting, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, that only happens in your body like that. You know, you can eat it. You can supplement it in pill form. But you only get it. Make Your body only makes it if you're in the sun like that. It's really, really kind of fucking interesting. You need it, you know. It's, yeah. like, important to health. Before I moved to California, I lived in this house, and every room was a different color. Like, my office was dark crimson red, and my kitchen was bright yellow, exact, et cetera. But it's weird. Each room did have, like, a certain feel to it when you were in it. Like, oh. the bedroom was black walls, which I thought was the worst idea ever. That was just horrible. That's have you ever had dungeon. a black wall? Yeah, That's it's a horrible. Dungeon. It's like at the comedy store and sleeping. That's someone who wants to fuck in the dark. Yeah. They want to fuck in dark walls and just darkness. Yeah. Darkness throughout the land. That's some goth shit. Some people want to fuck with the lights out, you know? That's weird. Yeah. You know? Have you ever been with a chick and she said, turn the lights out? No, I kind of like it dim. I don't like it bright, though. I don't like it, you know, like, I like it's just, it like, like super bright. Gynecological. That's what I like it. I like it like a showroom, like a car showroom. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, I think if I manscaped more, I wouldn't mind it. But like, I feel like, like if oh. it's, it's going to kill the deal. It probably will. <laughs> it probably will. Did you see the photo of Steven Tyler? Uh, we, we talked about like how I almost slipped and killed myself in the bathtub. He did it at a hotel room, and he slipped and fell. And he said that you know it was just he you know he slipped, nothing to it. And uh, he the photo of him, he like knocked teeth out. He's got a black eye. I don't know if you can see this right here, but it fucked him up, man. That's just from taking a bath and accidentally slipping. Whoa. <laughs> That is nuts. That picture is fucking nuts, man. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. Wow, he got jacked. Yeah. Clumsy fuck. Have you ever done that, though? Have you just, like, slimy feet? or? Yeah, or I've almost fallen backwards, which oh, is the, shit. the most terrifying thing. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, if you fall and hit the back of your head, that's how people die. Right. You know, if you're sloppy, you're tired, you know, whatever, you're not really 100% paying attention, mm-hmm. you know, shit, you, could, you, can get, you can get slippery. Yeah. Bathtubs are fucking dangerous as shit. I mean, especially the old ones, those cast iron ones. You know, if you have an old place and you have an old tub, those old tubs were fucking iron, dude. Yeah. Big. I mean, it's like falling. Think about falling backwards and hitting iron. That's essentially like getting hit in the head by the world. You know, that's what it's like. The world came down on you and hit you. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's like. It's like, fuck, man, you get jacked. That's like really dangerous. Have you ever watched those fights where people get in street fights? A lot of videos on YouTube and guys get knocked out. And what's terrifying is when they get knocked out, they fall back and their head hits the concrete. Yeah. Whoa, that's scary, dude. I've seen that happen in real life. It is terrifying. Sounds like a bowling ball dropping on the ground. It's terrifying. It's so dangerous to your head. Just bonk, just skull, and who knows what the fuck is going on inside that skull, how much bleeding there is, how much swelling there is. I mean, your brain is just jacked. That one dude's jacked from getting hit in the head, and they're saying that he might have brain damage. The, the vet that got shot at the Occupy Oakland. 
Yeah, how fucked is that, man? The cops are targeting the fucking people, yeah. throwing these these uh, tear ga- uh, canisters at them that explode. Yeah. Then flash grenades. There's video of this guy laying on the ground injured, uh-huh. and these people went up to try to help him, and mm-hmm. they shoot them. No, no, no. They threw or a they grenade threw at them. Yeah, a tear gas. They threw a flash bomb at them, a tear gas bomb at yeah. them. You know, they blow up, and they, you know, if they hit you in the fucking head while they're exploding, like, you can get jacked. But it's just so sad to see these cops are targeting these people yeah it's like man what is this fucking chicago in the 60s what the fuck is this you know i mean i I can't believe that these are our citizens that these cops are our friends and our neighbors and our citizens these occupy people aren't hurting anybody man your job is to serve and protect you don't need to protect anybody from these people these people are non-violent they're not hurting anybody to serve and protect what part of that is throw a fucking grenade at someone's head Especially some guy who did two tours of fucking duty. Yeah. Two tours of duty overseas. He comes back and he's in critical condition from a fellow citizen, a fellow American, throwing a fucking flash grenade at him. A guy who's paid by this motherfucker's tax dollars. That's a sad, sad statement, man. It's sad that people aren't jumping up and down about this and that politicians aren't fucking condemning this and that people aren't all over the news saying this can never happen again and we need to fucking sit down with these cops and have a long conversation as to what your fucking job entails your job entails helping people out man that's what you're here for you are citizens that have extra power and we give you that extra power so that you make things nicer you're not making things nicer by throwing flash grenades on fucking veterans that's not making anything nicer and that's the only reason to have cops the only reason to have cops is to keep the douchebags down to keep them away from the nice people and then help the nice people when the nice people are in trouble that's it and when the nice people get angry because the banks are fucking robbing them, you don't throw grenades at them, you fucking cunts. I can't believe it happened in California also. Oakland's it's like, no joke, bro. Yeah, but like New York City, a perfect example. The, the governor or whatever said, hey, you know, get rid of all these protesters in a certain you know, area mm-hmm. of New York. And the cops were like, no, we're not. They're not doing anything bad. We're not doing this. I don't think you've ever been to Oakland. Yeah, I know, but still. Oakland's it, no joke. You need to go and ha- hang out in Oakland for a little while. Next time I need an abortion, I'll go there. (laughs) You can get abortions in L.A. still. I know. But when abortions are illegal in the state, Oakland will still have abortions. (laughs) You'll be able to go there. Yeah, but so like in New York, they're... What was that dude? Short Dog? Who was the, 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 the pimp? God damn it. Short Dog. What's his name? Too short. Too short. That yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> short dog. How white am I? I'm like Chevy Chase white in a movie when I'm driving a station wagon. That's how white I am. This short What's that dog? guy's name? What's, you know, short dog. What's like his a- name? Too short. But too, too short is from Oakland. You know, yeah. and he's always talking about Oakland. I Todd McCormick lives in Oakland now. Oakland is the weirdest combination of like gangsters. Todd McCormick and, lives. Yep, there? yep. Gangsters Jeez. and hippies and like and and weed people. Wow. They, they call it Oaksterdam. You know, they have, like, Oaksterdam University. Like, we don't even know the level of medical weed that this state has reached. The reason why all these people are clamoring, and apparently this was just released, that it wasn't Obama's idea to go after these medical marijuana dispensaries. Right. It was the attorney general or the whoever the fuck gets to... Was right. it what it was? It was somebody in California, one of the rep- people in the Senate. Or yeah. The <sighs> we're, talk- we're talking so nuts. <laughs> Senate. You don't even know what the Senate is. Yeah, I know. You don't know what that means. That's like... Um, I'll, I, I, I found it on Twitter, so I'll, I'll retweet it or something like that. But what it is... Uh, what, what essentially they're saying is that Obama is uh, not respected enough by these people for them 
to follow his lead. What he said when he was in office was that he wants to only attack or only go after the people that are violating both federal and state law. Marijuana is illegal across the board federally, so as long as they were following state law, he would leave them alone. And the state law, you know, it's fucking, it's pretty tricky because it's really supposed to be non-profit. You know, I don't, I don't think you're supposed to be able to make like millions of dollars. Right. And a lot of these guys are just fucking balling. And I support it 100%, but I'm just stating the facts. The real true facts is that we don't even know the level of medical marijuana that's hit like California. Our area is really like in the outskirts. The real hive of it is in Northern California. The real hive of it is in Oakland, where they're having classes, where they're teaching people how to fucking set grow ops up. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're like, people are signing up for classes, and it's like, you know, they're giving degrees on how to fucking grow weed. It's really fascinating shit. They're taking it to the next level. They're teaching people how to do it. They have these big... And so the government obviously feels threatened by this. This, this along with this whole Occupy Wall Street movement, and pe- when, when you get hippies with money, shit gets dangerous as fuck. Because you got a place like Oaksterdam, you place like, and just let's say there was a place they were going to open up in Boulder. I think it was like 30,000 square feet. It was three stories. I don't know if it ever opened, but that was like uh, people, people were approving it. People in Boulder were like, fine, bring it in. Mm -hmm. Just not going to bother us. And when they were doing that, people were thinking, how much money can a place like this bring in? Millions of dollars, millions and millions and millions. It could be incredible amounts of money if you really stop and think about it. If they have just radical open commerce on marijuana, how many people are going to grow their own fucking shit not me i'm not i I don't have that kind of time dude i I can't be watering plants okay i got kids i got shit to do i got hobbies i don't want to water plants it might be interesting if i decided to take it on as a hobby but if if i could just go down the street and buy weed at the store if i can go to 7-eleven and buy some weed because that's how it it could be Mm -hmm. it really could be like that and when that happens those places those places that like those medical marijuana places or whoever decides to open up like a big flashy emporium of weed they can become very wealthy and then they become they can become very powerful when someone becomes wealthy they become powerful and as they're seeing people accumulate wealth they're trying to stop it and they're not trying to stop because they're protecting anybody they're not protecting any civilians you know by stopping these people from making money if these people are making money and paying taxes on it you should be happy they're contributing to the economy this is good this is not bad we you need to change the law. You need to make it so it's legal. It's either legal or it's not legal. If it's legal to sell it to people, it should be legal to make money off of it. You're telling me that marijuana can't make money off of it, even though it's legal as a drug, but they can make money off of opium, they can make money off of heroin, they can make money off of cocaine and fucking Oxycontins and nicotine and alcohol. They can make money off that, but they can't make money off weed. Fuck you. This is an unjust law. This is an unjust law and it's nonsense. And the reason why is because they're scared of hippies with money. Yeah. Hippies with money are dangerous as fuck, man. If you got a bunch of people, idealists who really truly want to change the world, and all of a sudden they're rich as fuck, dude, things can get slippery. Things can get slippery when weed people join together and say, you got to recognize the weed dollar. All right, because there's a stoner dollar out there, and it's you and it's me, and it's a lot of other fucking people, and we buy shit, and we pay shit, and we pay our taxes, and we contribute to society, and we're not bad people. And at a certain point in time, you're going to have to respect that stoner dollar. 
Because if you don't, that shit's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Because there's too many of us now. There's too many of us, and now, because of the internet, just like Occupy Wall Street, just like Anonymous, we're united. We're all united. Like-minded people are united now. People who exchange ideas and evolve their own ideas on the internet and share, share uh, uh, viewpoints with each other and learn from each other. We're united now. This is a different time, man. You can't just control people like you used to be able to control people in the 60s and the 70s. We couldn't talk to each other. We had a huddle in our fucking homes at night listening to the radio hoping everything was going to be okay well this isn't that day man these cops that are staging these fucking fake shootings at school so they can check the kids for drugs you know you're just whores for some pharmaceutical company from some giant conglomerate and the only reason you're doing that is because the weed dollar hasn't hit you yet once the weed dollar hits you, you're going to shut the fuck up. You're going to have to shut the fuck up because the weed people are going to help the cops. The weed people are going to promote you know, a, a good relationship with the, the police officers. They'll contribute just like you know, these, fucking, these giant banks are contributing to Occupy Wall Street. Down in Wall Street, these banks, $4.6 million was donated to the New York Police Department so that they can fucking like, look out for all these assholes, these, these rich fucking money-thieving cunts. Think about that. You know, wrap, wrap, wrap your head around that. Well, when the weed dollar starts doing that too, things are going to change. Everyone's going to have to look at it that way. And they're so terrified of that. that is a, that's something that really could truly change the world. People who are trippers who have money. Trippers who have money and philanthropic, philanthropic ideas and the ambition to follow through on them. And pharmaceutical companies are terrified of that shit. Politicians are terrified of that shit. Whether they admit it or not, they're terrified of that shit on top of the fact that you have to say you don't like drugs because everybody thinks about the children and saying you like drugs is just too controversial. Too many people are ignorant. They don't get it. It's like saying you don't like tools to me. It's like, I don't like tools. We're going to just leave things the way they are. Yay! Do you think it's a certain age group that's just going to die off, though, eventually, and then it's going to be more accepted in, say, like 10 to 20 years? You know why? Yes. And you know why? Because of this. Because of things like this podcast. Because of the Twitter, because of Facebook, because of you know Mark Maron's blog or podcast, Ari Shafir's podcast, all the Death Squad podcast, all the free talking people, people who are allowed because of this sort of a format to express themselves in a way uncensored that millions of people can get. I mean, good or bad, you can make a YouTube video like that video of the lady sitting on the toilet that we were watching the other day. <laughs> Terrible. But 38 million eyes have seen that, man. 38 million people have seen that. That's incredible. I mean, that's, it's amazing that you can do that now. There was, there's never been a time in human history where you could do anything that could almost immediately be recognized and, and seen by so many people through Twitter, through Facebook, through blogs and podcasts. And this is the shit that's changing the world, man. This is what's changing the world. Free, open communication. They, this is where the government truly fucked up. It's not with drugs. Because the, the problem with free, open communication is we go, why not drugs? If it was just drugs and we didn't have free open communication, eh, the, the reality is there's not much you can do if you can't communicate with each other. It's hard to organize things. It's hard to get a movement going. It's hard. You know, you have to have a, a person who's a leader and that person gets arrested. You can never have the type of situation right now, the Occupy Wall Street, this hive mind situation. This exists solely because of the internet and it, it never existed before. This is a, where there's a total different sort of revolution going on right now. And essentially what's happening is we're setting the stage for the next generation in a big 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 way because the next generation is not going to be these cops throwing flash grenades anymore it's going to be cops that have to realize that to be a police officer you're just another one of us 
We're just, you're just one of us that we give a weapon so that you protect people. And when you stop doing nice things and you, you start being a problem, you can't be a cop anymore. It's not, there's no union thing. There's no, oh, we got our rights and we got our fucking labor thing and we got to sit down with a mediator. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't be that. That's not what a police officer is. That's not, a banker can't steal from you. You can't charge 30% interest, you fuckheads. You can't not have the money when the shit hits the fan because you've invested it shittily. You know, there's these these things cannot be variables and that is the stage that's being set right now that's the stage that's being set in our generation our generation is setting the stage for the next generation the generation that is going to grow up and evolve from birth to death with the internet that's a different generation than us you know you and i are from the we're we're dinosaurs man we were around when answering machines were the the shit there's, gonna be that? Like, there's probably going to the next generation, the generation to come. It's probably going to get to the point where it's something like there's going to be a cat as a president or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like we nominated Frisky over here, yeah. and, he, and he somehow won because yeah, well, why not? Frisky doesn't have any skeletons in his closet, right? Yeah, Frisky's never you know, and he's just the face of a nation. You know, he's yeah. not really doing any of that right. work, right? Yeah, what the fuck. We might as well have the face be cute. Could it be Dora the Cuddly. Explorer. Yeah, Dora the Explorer could be our president. You know, Dora the Explorer or Sarah. Who would make the better choices? Dora at least would look at the screen and go, what do you guys think? Yeah, we're going to send drones into Pakistan. We don't need to waste soldiers. We can shoot them from the air. That's how Dora the Explorer would be the president. Yeah, I'd really. pick Sarah Perling. She had a tired pussy of it. She's had a bunch of kids, man. That oh. thing's probably a wreck. Oh, that Dora. But, but I bet she gives up the ass. Did you uh, see that mugs? I showed A couple you, of but... shots of Jack Daniels, a little cocaine in her. Which Lindsay Lohan mugshot would you fuck? Yeah, you, Lindsay Lohan got arrested again, and her dad got arrested again. Yeah. God damn. If you had to pick one, though, which one would it be? I would fuck all of them. I was drunk. No, no, no. One. You have to choose one. I would probably go with the one uh, second to the right. I would go with the far right, the palest one. Oh, the scary one? I think she looks hot and ready to go in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> she looks... It's fascinating that that was on CNN. I, I tweeted about this, that that was on CNN. Front fucking page news about him getting arrested. And I'm like, really? If it's on your front page of your website, some guy who's a shitty dad got arrested. Yeah. You know, Michael Lohan. Really? You care? Who you care? About that you guy. fucking really care? Why are you showing me this? You're dragging, you're dragging characters into my plot. That I don't need. Yeah. I don't need them in my, my show. <laughs> yeah. The only you know, I, reason show I like... about my life that I'm watching. Don't you think Lindsay Lohan would be the perfect person to date to try to change? Really? You no. Know? Doesn't it seem like, no, no. I, I can change you. I can, no. make, I can get no. you out of all this. You can't change a I bitch with money. You. you can't change a bitch No, money. I mean, if you were on the She's, same level, no. money-wise. <laughs> You'd have to be really, really rich, man. How many people are as rich as Lindsay fucking Lohan? I don't they're think offering, she's that rich. She's dude, you're good crazy. playboy. Listen, man, they're offering her a million dollars, Fleshlight is, to make a mold out of her oh, box. Fleshlight also yeah. now? Our boys. Yeah. Yes. Please Flesh do light. that so we could have Lindsay Lohan on yeah, to we'll, talk about it. She won't come on this podcast. Oh. And I, she couldn't come here. We'd have so to bring just, her to your place. Just say I was a lesbian. Mrs. Come on. Mrs. Rogan doesn't want that skank hanging around here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, I think she's still rich, man. I think she's you rich. Think? For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless she's been horribly mismanaged. So much court costs, though, that she's been going through. So much man. cocaine, probably. It's not real Maybe if she it's does not, that. I don't she, even her court problems aren't like murder or shit that like, really drains you financially because you have to establish some sort of a case. It's for getting in trouble for shit. Yeah. There's really not much court work. I mean, not much legal work they can do to try to squeeze her out of it. She's a fucking cokehead. And she gets drunk. She gets fucked up. She, she, she likes to party, man. Yeah. 
And we said this before. She's a 20, whatever the fuck she is, 25, 24. I don't even think she's that. I think she's, is she really? I think well, she's let's like, find out. Yeah. How old is Lindsay Lohan? I would say she's 23. Really? 20, yeah, 22 or 23. I said 25. Now, which Michael Lohan would you fuck? She's 25. Right. She's 25. I'm right. Suck it. Damn. 25. And she looks like 25 in dog years. The bitch is <laughs> aging hard. Whatever. I, she just looks she hot looks, still. I she think. does look hot, but so does Demi Moore, and she's like 48. No, she, if have Demi you seen Moore, Demi Moore lately? Listen, Let nice. me show you a photo. Be nice. Oh. Is there dark photos of her? Oh I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it all go away. What happened? Huh? How did she, how did she just lost her grip on the magic? I don't know. She, she couldn't uh, find the little girl to sing to? I think it's a just like a Tangled bad, bad with the magic hair? I don't know. I don't know what the rumor is. That was yeah. a Demi Moore joke. <laughs> what the rumor is? What? Oh, God. What'd you say? Never, nothing. Uh, <laughs> you got a photo over where she looks bad? Uh, hold on. I'm looking at I'm trying to find it. What did you Google? Uh, Demi, Demi Moore, Moore looking bad? Demi Moore arms. Her arms? Yeah. I think we talked about it on a podcast already. There's this horrible photo that was recently... Um, it's like when people somewhere. were like shitting on Megan Fox's thumbs. They were like, look at her thumbs, look at her thumbs. Like, bitch, what are you talking about? That's one of the hottest women that's ever walked the face of the planet. And you're, you're looking at her thumbs. You could, she could <laughs> chop those fucking thumbs off with machetes and replace them with eagle claws. It could be an eagle's talon on each hand, and I wouldn't mind. Well, I feel a little weird oh, here's grabbing my dick with an eagle's talon for a thumb, though. I guess it's not old. I found it. But I guess what? it's not old. It's actually that she has, uh, she's anorexic looking. Like she, like you're starting to be able to see like how creepy her like arms are. Uh, there's another shot that her hand. I think it's Click on oh, that one. this one. Dude, she's just fit. She's got muscle. You think that's muscle? Wait, yeah, she's she's very thin, but she's got muscle. She's probably on like some fucking crazy. Ooh, that looks real skinny. But she's fucking 48 years old or whatever the hell she is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you do start. Their, women start losing fat in their face, and that's uh, one of the things that really bums them out. So they get fillers, and it's really kind of fucking creepy. Fillers are really dark, man. It's really kind of a weird thing what people do. They they shove like I don't know what it is, some stuff in your fucking mug, and it you know like when you see women with like really puffy cheeks and shit. Right. But I think she still looks hot as fuck, man. I look at that picture right there. I'm like, she's pretty hot, dude. She just looks fit to me. She looks thin but fit. She's probably just on a really healthy diet. Yeah, you'd cut off the hair, though. It's like Steve Jobs in that photo where he's wearing a dress, though, kind of. Steve Jobs where he's wearing... Oh, she's not that thin. You're crazy, man. She looks healthy. She looks healthy, but she looks like a person who's probably fanatical about right. exercise. Yeah. Look, man, you want to keep it together at that age? I just worked out today with Steve Maxwell. Steve Maxwell is this kettlebell guy mm -hmm. that I'm friends with, and he'll, he comes over like a few times a year and puts me through these brutal workouts. Wow. And uh, yeah, he's an animal, bro, and he's 59 years old. 50 fucking nine years old, and he can do some shit that I can't do. He can do a bunch of different exercises I can't do. He, he puts me through these wild fucking yoga positions and makes you do chin-ups where you, you uh, fully extend, pull your chin up all the way up, and then you hold it for five breaths, and then you go to your eyeballs, you hold it to, oh for five God. breaths, and then you go above your head, you hold it for five breaths, and then you go fully extended. And then you pull yourself back up and start all over again. And it takes a long time. It takes like 90 seconds to do like three God. of them. And when you're doing this, man, he does it like it's nothing. 
and he's fucking fifty nine years old. Fuck that. The noise. dude's a stud. He he can he can put. It's, it's amazing. Some people can fucking. They just keep it together. But the only way you do it like that, like he's a world-renowned fitness instructor. He works out every day. He's teaching people. He's training every fucking day of his life, like literally. And he's training people how to train every day of his life. So he just maintains fitness. Like to, to look like Demi Moore and basically essentially 50 years old. Yeah, but I guess they're saying that she lost 98 pounds recently. What? Up to 98 pounds of what she used to weigh. That's what, what they're saying. Wait, are you making up a number? No, it's right here. It says Demi's weight is reported pounds? to have plummeted to around seven stone. That's 98 pounds for all you folks on this that side of the pond. Dude, that doesn't mean she lost 98. Pounds. That means she oh, weighs, weighs ninety eight pounds. I thought I said plummeted. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Pounds. You fucking I just child. She's <laughs> 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 such, such a little baby. Gonna help you. So good news. I had something to announce. Uh, you already know about it huh? already about Death Squad. We are moving to the Pasadena Ice House, the yes. studio. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna set up a professional studio out there. Yeah. So that all the uh, live from the Ice House shows and all the Death Squad shows. And uh, I talked to. Um, we talked to uh, the Fleshlight about sponsoring the uh, Death Squad show and the Ice House show. And if they don't, well, somebody else will. Just holler at us on Twitter, and uh, we'll figure something out. Only legit companies. Don't get crazy with your pipe dreams. Right. You know, work it all out on your own before you come to us, because shit ain't cheap. But uh, if uh, we do set up that uh, set up the um, the studio there at the podcast, or the podcast studio right there at uh, Ice House, it'd be amazing because it's really like right around the corner from the stage, from yeah. both stages. Yeah. And you can just get off stage, run out, yeah. do a set, come back in, do the podcast. And we did it one time, and I thought it was really fun. And people liked it. It's a fun energy. Also, there was a, uh, just I don't know if you saw this, there was like 20 minutes of uh, extra footage that we recorded, me and Brendan, that later that night, that, that we were so wasted, I didn't even remember doing. <laughs> And I found it. I put it up, but you're in it too. And we we talked to the guy that made the Burt Kreiser T-shirts. Was there? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, towards the very end. Yeah. yeah. And then some guy that said he was going to verify me on Twitter. Anyways, that's up. Uh, I just put that podcast. Yeah, up. you need to verify him. Yeah. Whoever you are, homeboy. <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore, though. Really? Yeah. I think they stopped that whole thing. Maybe he just wanted to be your friend, yeah. so he pretended he could verify you. That'd be a cool thing to say. Hey, I can verify you, baby. Give me your number. Yeah. Let me hook it up. Sweetie, what's up? Want to get verified? Mm, that's a new. That's, I'm gonna try that. It's very important to be verified on Twitter. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of fake people. There's a lot of like. I don't think Chris Rock's really on Twitter. He might be now. He wasn't for a long time though. Yeah, there's a lot of. People. I don't think Chappelle's on. No, I don't think so. I think that's fake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I think the fake one's got a lot of people on it. They fake. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah, Attell's on Twitter, but he only he's used it like nine times ever. But he, he started, he tweeted something about his new show. He's got, what is it, Dave's Old Porn on Showtime? Do you right. know anything about that? No. He has a new show. I didn't even know he had a new show. Mm-hmm. Well, he's coming on next Tuesday. So he'll tell us what the fuck is up. And then uh, Shane Smith from uh, Vice TV, we're going to get him on hopefully sometime next week. Right. But that guy, man, that's going to be the nuttiest conversation ever. That guy's been everywhere. He's seen some crazy shit, and he said he's got some nutty slave footage to show us. What? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I'll tell you exactly what he said. It sounds. It sounds pretty fucking nutty. Miss the slave. He's um, you know, he's one of those dudes. It's like he's out there in like the darkest parts of the world, like all the time, filming it and bringing it back. Like they're, they're like living on the edge of the edge of the edge, you know. 
That's a that's a crazy ass fucking show, and this guy is one of the craziest. He seems to embrace it. It's really interesting, you know. While he's all, I mean, when they were in Liberia and they were running around, he was like, "Fuck, we almost got killed. We could have been dead." They were like almost laughing about it. He said he's got some NK slave footage that will blow your mind. I'll bring you NK slave footage. I'm not sure what that means. NK. NK. Anybody? Bueller. Nancy Bueller. Kerrigan. I don't know what it means. But whatever, slave footage. Um, I want. I want to. I want to see that. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Fucking craziness he's got. He. They. They're in. Uh, they're. I told you about the Congo one. You got to watch that Congo one. I don't. Know, I've only watched one episode of it, but just the one episode, which they sort of just get things cooking. And just you look at the the reality of that area, and you saw. Oh my god! Like this is. Cr- this is. Fuck Mad Max. Mad Max. If they were living in Mad Max and they saw this, they'd be like, "Dude, that's terrifying." Like Mad Max times looks like like a break from the Congo. You'd be like, "Oh, all we have to do is fight for gasoline and stay away from Thunderdome, <laughs> and everything's cool." You know, and you look at Liberia, you look at the Congo, and you look at all these places like these. It's like fucking dirt roads and like huts and people piling into the street. It just looks like like you went back in time. It's like you like you you went back in time to like some dark age when people people were s- still developing humanity and developing culture and developing you know a community the sense of community and you just shoved them all together and gave them houses and gave them clothes and cars and it's just it's almost like it's like you you can't believe that there's a part of the world that's that that nuts and when they were given the figures about the Congo, about how many people have been murdered there, you just go, what? What? It's like millions of people. Millions. And just think of the idea of a million being a thousand, a thousand times. And think about there's multiple, multiple millions and millions of people have died in the Congo. And think about the, just the, 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 the enormity of the mass of all those bodies together. And you realize how crazy it is these fucks went there. And they went there to film a fucking video. Oh, my God. It's nuts, dude. Everyone's got guns and machine guns and AK-47s. And there's miners. And they're fucking putting people through slave labor to get them to pull out you know, rocks and minerals that they're going to use to make cell phones. It's, the world is crazy as fuck right now. And a lot of it is just we know, you know. A lot of it is just we know. We're constantly inundated by information. When I was a kid, if you wanted to find out about Idi Amin, you got you to gotta do some searching. You know, you got to go to a library. You got to buy a book. You got to talk to a teacher. You know, Mr. Johnson, can you explain to me how Idi Amin rose to power? Oh, it was a long story, kid. You know, you, you, know, you, you, you couldn't just get the information. But like Gaddafi, man, we watched that guy's last moments of life. You know, think about the difference in the leap of information between now and... And 20, 30 years ago, we watched Gaddafi die. I watched a guy shove a stick up Gaddafi's ass while he was covered in blood. Yeah. I saw him with no blood on him. I heard gunshots, and I see him bleeding in the fucking head. Yeah. They pistol whipped that dude. They kicked him. You see him kicking him. We watched that. Yeah, it's weird that the... It's weird that that happened because aren't they fighting for you know like religious reasons you know like God like you know God and stuff like that and they're they're doing something that you know their God it's like against what they believe well, in isn't I it? I think what you're trying to say is that when they were doing it they say Allah Akbar Allah they're singing they're saying God is great God is great they're yeah. cheering God is they're great they're very religious people but yeah. yet they're murdering and torturing and it seems yeah so stupid well not only that they were parading him around on a truck yeah and they were holding him down with shoes 
Because shoes to them are like really disrespectful. Oh, right. Throwing a shoe at the yeah. president. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, that was hilarious. That was the one time where it illuminated to me how much of it is just a job for George Bush. He's just a guy with a job. When that guy started throwing the shoes at him and he had a little smile on his face, he's like, gee whiz, finally I get a little fun on the job. Right. Like he had a little fun on the job today. Normally my job is bullshitting to people while Dick Cheney fucks the world. But today I got to duck some shoes, honey. <laughs> It was fun. I was like, come on, you little fella. You ain't got no fucking arm. Throw it. Throw those shoes. It's like he seemed human to me for like a brief moment. Because to me, Bush was always this moron that like stood on a battleship with, you know, mission accomplished in the background when fucking nothing had been accomplished. Like, you're talking crazy. What are you going to call it first and then we win the war? What the fuck are you talking about? How's a mission accomplished? Was a hundred thousand fucking troops over there and, you know, 50,000 deadly war machines circling the skies, dropping bombs on people. What the fuck are you talking about? What was your mission? Mission accomplished. We stole and lied. You know, if that's what their mission accomplished was, we got over there. We, we got Halliburton contracts. We did it. We did it. We did it. We, we sold the weapons of mass destruction lie. Yay, mission accomplished. Then it's mission accomplished. So I always looked at him as being this, this fucking New World Order mouthpiece, this, you know, this evil person who was perpetrating these things on the American people. And then I looked at him when that guy was throwing a shoe at him, and I was like, he's yeah. just a guy. He's just a normal guy. Just a guy who got duped. Yeah. And the reason why he comes off dumb is because part of the reason why he's way dumber now than when he was the governor. If you go back and listen to like George Bush's speeches, George Bush Jr., W., when he was a, a young man um, and he was campaigning for governor, he was quite eloquent. I mean, it's really a shocking difference between that level of, of, of uh, the ability to communicate that he had back then and how he came across as, you know, may, maybe not the most educated guy in the world, you know, but at least he was focused and prepared and he spoke very clearly and he seemed very confident. Whereas you see him like as a, an older man, it's like he's just barely fucking phoning it in. And that's what it was like. He was like Jack on Lost in the last season. He was phoning it in. <laughs> He was just tired of the whole charade, and he was forced into that position, and so that's why he said stuff with like no passion behind it, like the evil doers. He would say like stupid shit because he would get off script, and he really didn't have any passion for it. So he didn't have it. It's it's not even that he was dumb. It's like he never thought about it. Right. Like he had to shut himself off of the reality of what being the fucking president was, because everybody when they're a little boy thinks that the reality of being the president is oh you get to be the fucking guy who fixes everything and. Be the next Teddy Roosevelt. Be the guy who turns America around. And meanwhile, all you are is just strapping a condom on this giant machine, this giant war machine, as it fucks America in the ass. And that's what you're doing. You're there to provide the condom, so America doesn't know what the fuck is happening. You know, you're there to to put the put on the show. You're there to to tell everybody that everything's okay. We have to insert this dick in your ass to fight terror. Oh, okay. You know, it's like that's what he was. He was the mouthpiece, the mouthpiece for the monster. And that guy throwing the shoe at it just illuminated it. I saw him with this glimmer in his eye like a young guy again. And meanwhile, he's just a fucking 60-year-old man. A 60-year-old man who just got sucked into the wrong fucking crowd, never really was ambitious, never really cared that much. If you look at his past, he's like a lazy guy. So when all of a sudden he's in a position where he's going to be set for life financially, he's the fucking president now, he's, he's even in his second term, like he's just had no ambition. You're talking about a guy who choked himself unconscious on a pretzel. 
and fell and knocked himself out. You remember that shit? Mm-hmm. He had like a black eye. Or well, that was a story. Yeah, that that totally seems like the most ridiculous story ever. Maybe his dad beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. Could you imagine if he was like doing something wrong or he said something wrong and his dad put on leather gloves and like beat him in front <laughs> of the whole staff? You know, put on like sap gloves, just beat his ass in front of everybody to show him like this is not how the new world orders run. And he fucking beats his ass. You know, just to let them know, motherfucker, we're crazy, all right? We're ready to throw planes into buildings, all right? We'll punch you right in the fucking face. That w- I wouldn't put it past him. His dad was the head of the fucking CIA. His dad, they always thought he was like a wimp. You know, like that was like the big thing on, on the older Bush. You know, I was like, oh, the wimp president. And like, you know, like, like it was on a, like Newsweek. I was reading very recently. Um, he was on a cover of Newsweek, and it was talking about him being a wimp. And it was like a very controversial thing because here's a guy who's, you know, going to run the fucking biggest nuclear power in the free world. And they're saying, is he a wimp? Like, wow. Like, that's a label, man. You stick that and a magazine, a fucking magazine sticks that. But meanwhile, this guy was the head of the fucking CIA. You know what kind of evil shit you have to do to be the head of the CIA to get to the top of that monster? The CIA is a shadow government. We have a shadow government that is allowed to murder people. They're allowed to go out of the country and murder people. You know, whether or not you call these people terrorists or whether or not you can connect them to illegal activity, the bottom line is the CIA, including American civilians, the CIA goes over there and kills these motherfuckers. And and they don't do shit about it. Nobody does a fucking thing about it. The government doesn't prosecute them. They don't go after them for these these drone attacks that they do. They do some crazy shit, man. And this guy was the head of that. He was the head. So maybe he did have to fucking lay the gloves to George. Little Georgie. Just give him a fucking no, stiff jab in the face. Bitch, we'll fucking kill you. This is how it works. No, you can't go back to owning a baseball team. Right? Yeah, and he throws a pretzel down on him and it hits him in the face yeah. and goes, you have to say that you choked on this bitch or something yeah. like that. Like You have to make it seem like the most like bitchiest thing to get a black... Or maybe he was trying to get some head from a tranny and found out that it was a tranny and then the tranny beat his ass and he couldn't say anything because he was the president. Tranny loves carbs. It could be. Did you hear about the blacklist bill that they're they're trying to pass? A blacklist bill. It's called the blacklist bill, and it pretty much will make like Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, like those companies, be a hundred percent responsible for the content. So it could kill, pretty much kill Twitter <sighs> and anything like that. You of course, know? it can. So and fucking cunts. It would make it a felony too to stream unlicensed content, video game playthroughs, like uh, karaoke songs, music videos, like all that shit. Like it'll make it a felony. So it, Jesus Christ. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so it's pretty much going to start censoring the internet. It's going to start if that goes Who through. is allowing people to continue to come up with... Can we have a moratorium on new laws? Just like, obviously shit is spiraling out of control. There's a million new laws introduced every year that upset people that we don't have a chance to truly reconcile and understand and, 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 and just talk about. You know, just address. There's too many of them. There's new ones every day, whether it's medical marijuana, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that with vitamins and fucking make them prescription only, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that. It's, it's a constant stream of bullshit. You fucking criminals. Yeah, I, I, hope, I, I hope this doesn't go through. Because, they're trying to stop free yeah. speech. They're trying to stop people from doing what they're doing now, which is organizing. When do you think they're going to start making us censor podcasts? They can't. 
I think Why they not? can't because there's too many of them. There's too many of them. There's too much. There's too much going on. What is the censor- censorship for? If it's free and you actually have to download it and it's you know it's labeled mature, it seems to be fucking pretty simple. Unless you're going to start censoring movies and censoring songs, which you know they've tried. They've tried in the past, and they, essentially they do censor movies because if you go above R, you can't have any sexual content in a movie like real interaction. Do you remember Brown Bunny? Do you remember that movie? No. It was a Vincent Gallo movie, and it was with that I forget that <coughs> chick's, chick's name. Savengi, Chloe Savengalingi. Anyway, she sucks his cock for real, man. Really? Yeah, that's part of the plot. Part of the plot was like it's just like this really hot scene, and they said, "Well, we're just going to really do it to really act it out." Wow. So, so she no no Chloe 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 yeah you watch it the scene you know, just just Google scene from Brown Bunny wow and you know Vincent Gallo is standing up and he pulls out his dick and Chloe Savagnoli how do you say your name is she she sucks his cock and he nuts on her face it's it's a hundred percent legit. First of all, his cock is not that impressive. Were they dating at the time? Or I something? think they were. Okay. I think they were. That's, that makes sense. Or that might have been just what they put on the press release to make it seem not so bad. Well, they are dating. You know. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, but, and everybody got mad at them for that, by the way. And he's sort of blacklisted because of that. Wow. Yeah, he doesn't really work that much. And he's really a good actor. But he's really, he seems to be really crazy. He's like a real dark weirdo sort of a character. You know, remember he's, he's been in like vodka ads and shit. And he's always the guy with like long sort of greasy hair and just a bunch of dirty heroin looking girls around him looking to suck dicks. You ever seen those pictures? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's him. He's just, he's a fucking, he's a weird guy. I mean, to do that, I think it's okay to do that in a movie. I'm just going to pull my cock out and you suck it for real, okay? Yeah, we're going to leave this in. You go, what? You got to leave in the cock sucking part? How come you can't just imply it, man? I mean, it's sexy enough, you know, just seeing her head and seeing all... You don't have to actually show your dick. And I'm, I don't want to show it all, man. That's what's really going on. I want to show what's happening. I want to, show, I want to be a realist. The realist to the real. But at one point in time, you know, that was where people thought it was going to go. When Deep Throat came out, people got in line, like, and went to that on dates. Deep Throat came out, and it was like a real movie that was a pornographic movie. And that had really not been fucking popular before that. You know, there really, I mean, there was Behind the Green Curtain or Door with Marilyn Chambers. That was like a one that was like along similar lines. And there's like a picture from that I saw online of Johnny Carson waiting in line for Deep Throat. Apparently they're like interviewing him. And it was like, it was like acceptable to go and see this. And go see this this movie where people actually fucked because it was a movie. They had they didn't have porno movies like that. So because it was a movie, they tricked people. And all of a sudden, people were in this movie watching some chicks suck some dicks. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. That wasn't that long ago. And you got to wonder, what if things uh, you know weren't maybe they loosened up quicker? You know, what if what if, if that was introduced today? What if we never had porn before and we have this sort of crazy environment where we have right now and then all of a sudden someone started... I mean, porn used to be just like scenes, but then someone put together a real good movie where people actually fuck in it and it was like the first one ever done. Like, man, maybe it was just a, a, an idea before its time. Because you got to think of Johnny fucking Carson. 
who's like, you know, the weird head of the Tonight Show. You know, he, I mean, as America pie as you can get, as across the board normal as you can get. And he's waiting in line to see Deep Throat. Like, whoa, you would have to hide that. Pee Wee Herman, just a few decades later, goes to jail for beating off in a theater. You know, it's, and, and it's thought, thought of as being really ultra seedy. Like, oh my God, he went to a theater where they were playing pornographic movies. This is just a few decades later, man. It's interesting. It could. I wonder what could have happened. I wonder if it's one of those things where we just zigged when we could have zagged, you know? And maybe when that happened, you know, they could have started doing, like, there could have been, like, a normal genre. Like, you would go to see, you know, a fucking Jennifer Aniston movie, and it was an X. Jennifer Aniston would get fucked. Gerard Butler would just fucking dig in that. It would be crazy as shit. If you watch a real movie, like that stupid fucking movie they had where one of them was a, a convict or something, they're handcuffed together, how much better would that movie be if Jennifer Aniston was sucking his dick? Of course. It would be a way better movie. It would be a way better movie. It would be fun. You know, it would be like, damn, that girl's got a great mouth. It would be fun. You know, that big chin really aids when she's blowing you because it gives you like extra coverage of your balls on her chin. It's like more chin to go around. That's how you'd look at it. It'd be fun. But instead, it didn't go that way. Can you imagine if the porno stars were the ones that made the big cash? That was like the real, that was the real money. And if you, did, if you, were, if, if you were a hot chick and you were too scared to do porn, yeah, well, you know, you could be on a sitcom, I guess. But you couldn't do any movies. The real big money movies is people want to watch people fuck. That's, that could have been really easily been possible. If you look at how goddamn popular pornography is, it's really just a, a matter of a public attitude about it. Because pornography is gigantic on the internet. I mean, they think something like 30 to 40% of all packages that are flying around being downloaded on the internet have some sort of pornography on them. That's amazing. I mean, that's a, just a staggering number. When you think about the billions of human beings on the Internet, I mean, how many billions are on the Internet worldwide? Is it like four or something like that? There's like n almost seven billion people. Let's be conservative and say it's three billion on the Internet. You think that's conservative or think that's like, oh. let's go crazy and say two billion. Right. Let's say it's only two billion people online. That's a lot of fucking people. Two billion people and 30 to 40% of it is just dicks and pussies and sucking cock and that's all it is. It's amazing, man, when you stop and think about the demand, the sheer demand. And yet, when you look around, you wouldn't know. When you go to the movies, it's not represented. It's just not. You go to the magazine store, it's not represented. Sure, there's some like weird shit up at the top that's sealed off in plastic and there's some fucking big... You know, subscription thing over the front cover, so you can't even see what it's in there until you open the plastic. And yeah, it's sort of represented, but not thirty to forty percent, not even close. It's like it's like one percent maybe of the all the magazines at a Barnes and Noble. You know, one percent of them maybe are pornographic. It's even and they're they're never like hardcore either. It's just like they show you like tits and shit. They show you like a little little spread apart. If you're lucky, a girl's peeing on somebody. You know. That's why I, I, I can't understand why like magazines like Playboy are giving one million dollars to Lindsay Lohan when you know how the internet works nowadays. If Lindsay Lohan there's a photo of her from Playboy, mm -hmm. everybody's going to have it in like two seconds. Yeah, they're counting on the rubes. Yeah, they're counting right? on the people that just can't get online quick enough. They don't know anybody. <laughs> What's the forum? What's the forum? 
I go on the forum, and then what do I do? Do I download something? They don't know that they don't know what they're doing, man. They're just yeah. fucking knuckleheads. I, f- I feel bad. Or for- they're bored on vacation, maybe. I feel bad for my mom because she she recently she they still don't have internet at her house. You know, like That's DSL. Crazy. So uh, she now got a, a a hotspot phone. You know, like one, a smartphone that has a hotspot, so she can get on the internet through her phone. You know, wow. So it's stupid. It's that she's a four G phone. Uh, it's not even a four G phone. It's a three G. And uh, so now she's she's has fast internet, and we went, had had the internet our, our, like a whole life. And even when porn started coming up, it used to be like really slow loading mm-hmm. porn. So it's like, oh, oh my god, there's the bottom of balls. Well, oh, we were talking about that in the last podcast with that guy that got caught who was doing the gay porn, and that the my friend actually had to sit in a room with him and download the picture. Oh yeah, yeah. And right. as the picture's downloading, yeah. he sees more of his head, and then he sees a dick right. in his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny how like that that sequence we kind of you know. She now just goes to a website by mistake, and it's like buttholes, oh. assholes, cum shots instantly. And, yeah. Instantly, yeah. She has no, no. She doesn't have any kind of like warning or training for oh. the internet. And your it's mom like, has a Windows computer too, doesn't she? Yes, and she's oh. already installed everything. Putting put her social security number. You know, <laughs> she signed up for Netflix three uh. times somehow. Oh no. <laughs> I told you about the time that somebody hacked me on Twitter. Did I tell you about that? It happens all the time, man. I got it yesterday. Somebody sent me like, a, hey, check out this photo of you. I can't believe you have that in your mouth. And I'm like, what? And I click on it, and then the, the website turned to iTwitter, but it looked exactly like Twitter and had me log in. Of course, I didn't, really? I didn't do it, though. Well, yeah, with me, I had to, uh, I, I, to look at something. I think I had to click on something. And somehow or another, you know, there's a lot of times when you like install like QuickVid or all these little, little, you know, pick Vic and little little fucking yeah. websites and software that runs videos and pictures there's like some user agreements that are, they're creepy like they're allowed to like use your twitter and tweet shit and really? yeah no, dude this fucking tweet it said on my on my twitter that i just entered a contest for an ipad 2 what and I looked at that and someone said, "What do you, you, you? Is this spam? Like someone was saying it's spam? You know, are you? Are you? Did you really enter for an iPad too?" And I went, "What?" So I go to my timeline when I was busy. I wasn't. I wasn't online. I wasn't doing shit. Somehow or another, through my Twitter, they had tweeted that I had signed up for a, a contest, Jeez. which I never signed up for a contest. And the link, when you click the link, mm-hmm. was this scam website. Do you think? Uh, do you remember like doing one of those where like, oh, I got to log in? And- no, I did not log in. I don't know how the fuck they did it. I don't know what they did. That's weird. I did not. No, I did not log in. And it was a new program that I had somehow or another that recently got on my Twitter. And on top of that, they fo- I fo- was following them. On Twitter, and I did not follow them. They they followed. They put that in my Twitter. They made me follow them, right. and they made uh, a tweet. Wow. So I had to change my password. But I went to it. I went to the website, and the guy had like a hundred thousand fucking hits. Wow! And did you report them or anything? Yeah, yeah, I did. He had a hundred thousand uh, followers on his, on his Twitter site, and I was like, "This is incredible! I've never heard of this guy. And he's got a hundred thousand fucking followers." And you know, I I p- tweeted online. I'm not going to say the guy's name. I'm not going to say that. I don't want to give him any publicity. You know, and I don't, I don't even hate what he's doing. Okay, what he's always doing is just selling traffic and trying to like you know do scams and trying to get people to his website with scams. He's not stealing any credit card information, as far as I know. He's doing stuff that's Probably like read all your shit, though. slightly sleazy. You know, oh, my tweets. Yeah, That's if easy. he had your login somehow, he he probably downloaded all your private messages. There's nothing you know, in there. Yeah, yeah, but there might be. You know, there could be. Yeah, but there wasn't. But um, the the point is that I, I don't think what he's doing is a terrible thing. But it just it was creepy. 
It was creepy that all of a sudden some guy like makes a tweet from my Twitter about some fucking contest. And then, you know, it turns out that I had met this dude. He'd been to like a bunch of UFCs and, you Are know, you yeah, they had pictures with me. He like made a little blog about it. And that's when it got really creepy because he made this little blog about it and then send me, sent a tweet about it with my name in it and a, a, the title of this blog. And I got the same tweet from no bullshit. Maybe 50 or 60 other Twitter sites. So he has like all these fake Twitter accounts. Wow. And all these accounts, when I would go to them, they would have all the exact same tweets. Wow. So he just has like just uh, just swarming the internet with spam and bullshit and then infecting your Twitter and then tweeting from your Twitter and making you follow him. So out of the 100,000 people that were following him, you know, who knows how many of them voluntarily signed up for it? Because I know I fucking sure as fuck didn't. Nobody right. uses my Twitter except me. I, I don't, no one even has the, the password except me. No one's, I, I don't have a, an assistant that does that shit, you know. So when, I know who I follow. I wasn't following that guy. And he was the last one I followed. So it was like a recent thing. And I looked at it. I was like, "This is nuts, man. This is what it's really nothing, you know, because it's it's, it's no yeah, harm done." It shows that that somehow he got into something. Exactly. Embarrassing. He could be in your email. He could be in your which everything. just shows the vulnerability of at least Twitter, right? You know, and you know, of course, people have done that on Facebook and on a bunch of other things, and you know, it's it's a common thing on the internet to misrepresent who you are, right? You know, I don't know. It's uh, it's just uh, when you have information online. You know, and then you're, you're putting it on servers. People are going to be able to get it, man. They're just, they're just going to be able to get it. Yeah. You have to ex- assume that. The ultimate, like the fight right now is everybody's trying to keep everybody else from getting at their information, getting at their data, getting it. But the real truth is eventually there's going to be no secrets. You're not going to be, the, the, the idea of privacy is going to be out the window. It's not going to exist anymore. And, essentially that's probably what's going to be the doom of the financial system as well it'll be impossible to to hold on to money it'll be <laughs> it'll be impossible to it, it won't make any sense everyone's going to have to access to everybody else's money just because they don't steal from each other right. it's like the interconnectivity will eventually reach some sort of a boiling point I and mean, if you look at what's what's what people are capable of doing now with stealing credit card numbers and you know and and essentially getting at the ones and zeros that you use to get by and those ones and zeros are all tallied and scored online. Eventually, people are going to get to a point where those don't mean anything. They're going to get into those things, and they're just going to fuck the whole system sideways, and it won't be worth anything. Yeah. Well, I've had my credit card stolen numbers stolen uh, twice, three times since I've lived in L.A. Yeah, I've had it stolen before, too, at gas stations. Gas stations, yeah. Yeah. And, and waiters. Uh, waiters will have little readers. Really? So when they pay for your bill, they'll come in and just like scan your thing in their, in their apron and then give it back to you. Yeah, that was a weird feeling when I got a call from uh, my accountants. Are you, you buying $1,000 worth of chocolate? Yeah. I was like, what? They, would, they were buying you chocolate. You should have said, I wish. Well, they were buying things that they could sell. Like they were buying, yeah. um, like they would gift buy, cards. yeah, gift cards. Yeah. And then they would, you know, hey, man, you want to make your girl feel good? I got a $100 gift card, bro. $20. Notice I made him an urban character. Yeah, why was that? I don't know. I was going to go with Armenian, but I wasn't confident with my accent. My friend. my friend. That sounds just so standard, so formulaic. I didn't want to go with that one. So um, uh, in Canada, they've um, this is our fucking big news. All the, the experts, a coalition of prominent BC police officers, health professionals, legal experts, academics, and academics are calling for the legalization and regulated sale of marijuana. It's really kind of nuts, man. Time to move to Canada. 
Uh, dude, come on, man. A coalition, listen to that, of police officers. Officer? Officers? <laughs> that's that's your gay voice. Police officers? Why, <laughs> why, do we, why is gay associated with a lisp sometimes? What is that about? Because they usually have cocks in, cocks in their mouth. Is that what it is? Yeah, they just get sloppy. But how come girls don't get sloppy when they're sucking dick all the time? They don't start lisping. Can you imagine if that would, like, you found out that girls, like, if you talk to the girl, like, oh, this girl's lisping like crazy. She's been sucking dicks all weekend. And when you suck dicks, like, it feels good for the guy, but I'm going to lisp. You're going to make me lisp. Baby, it feels so good, though. I don't care. I don't care about that lisp. It doesn't, it doesn't turn you off when I lisp. Because a lot of guys have said it reminds them of all the other dicks that I've sucked. Like, if you have a bank of dicks, you can only suck a certain amount, and then your lips just give out. And your tongue gets all sloppy, and you you produce extra saliva. And not only do you lisp, but you spit on people. Dudes would still want their dick sucked. I don't care, baby. I don't care. There's a new doctor. He's gonna drain your drain your salivary glands. The bad news is you got to drink water every thirty seconds. But the good news is you won't lisp anymore. <laughs> and their teeth are all nicely polished, just from uh, from being rubbed against so much. My cocks. Yeah, yeah. They don't even need a brush. These cocks are kind of going there and pushing out all the food. You know, that's how the head of the dick is designed. You know, the head of the dick is designed to actually like the reason why your dick is like pointing at the top and it has like that little bulging area that like goes in mm-hmm. and then the shaft comes out. It's because it's designed to push down into the woman's vagina and squirt all the sperm up and then pull the sperm out that's what it's designed for if you like look at the way the head is you know see the head is like sort of like a helmet well the 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 idea is that the way it's shaped it would go in and whatever sperm was in there would actually get pressed up against the dick and forced up to the top where it was stored on this lip and then you would pull it out and then you shoot your own in there like what what, the, the, the whole idea of breeding is designed under the idea that someone had already fucked her first, for sure. The whole design of the dick was designed to just, look, we just get, get this out of the way. Someone's fucked her, okay? You got to get that jizz out and put your own in. It's the only way you're going to have kids. Fucking amazing. It's really amazing when you stop and think about that. There was a, a theory for a while, but it was disproven, where uh, they, were th- they were thinking that a certain amount of sperm were attack sperm. I love this idea. It was a great idea. And I really wish there was evidence for it, because I would have some material on it. I, w- I could almost like ignore it just to do a bit on it, but fuck, I can't. It's not true. And what they were saying was that a certain amount of sperm were actually designed just to go in and attack and kill other sperm. But it was like this one guy who had this theory, and apparently a lot of other people were like, where's the fucking evidence for this? Like, this is nuts. <laughs> like this is like, like how do you why how do you what what are they killing each other with? They have bats, you know. <laughs> These killer sperm they just fucking sells. They're just loads, you know. What are you talking about? Loads that kill? What, bitch? You reading some science fiction? You know, I love the idea though. One of my favorite things to do. Have you ever take your ball skin and then wrap it around your balls Bunny. and your dick and make a little like backwards bowling ball? Have you ever done that? One of my favorite things to do, you said. So if someone said to you, hey, Brian, <laughs> no, what but, would you like to do? Ride a race car? One. No, get like, your dick sucked. Like, if you do to a girl, it freaks them out because they can't understand what's going on because they right. don't know balls that well. well and like, what you By that do, point, they're awesome. probably like, why am I here? <laughs> what have I done to deserve this guy in front of me pulling his ball skin over his belly button? And if you have a lot of hair, they can't find amazing, the scene. Amazing, go, huh? Amazing! Look what I've done! Backwards bowling ball. No, I've never heard of that, man. Do it. To go back to this um, this legalized BC thing, one of the reasons why they're uh, thinking about legalizing marijuana <coughs> is the results from Portugal, apparently. So Portugal, they decriminalized all drugs 
drug use in 2001, and the theory was that focusing on prevention and treatment rather than jailing users would be the, the most beneficial way. So Portugal tried decriminalization and uh, the use of possession of heroin, cocaine, marijuana, LSD, and other illicit drugs. All those were decriminalized. And five years later, they found that the number of street drug overdoses dropped from 400 to 290 annually. And the new number of HIV cases linked dropped from 1,400 to about 400. So 1,000 less HIV cases and you know, 110 less um, uh, drug overdoses. I mean, that's a lot, man. You know, and the, the dealing drugs is still illegal. You still can't deal it. But the users aren't jailed. Instead, they're put in front of a panel that includes one lawyer or a judge and a health or a social services worker. And the panel can recommend treatment and or a small fine or no sanction at all. So it's based on, you know, what kind of an impact you're having on society. I mean, are you, uh, you doing drugs and then breaking people's windows? Are you doing drugs and shitting in the street? Well, they might fine you for shitting in the street because someone's going to clean that up. But it's amazing that it's really it's, – it's shown that it's better – to have these things legal and decriminalized and not lock up the, the users. So Canada is looking at this and they're going, why the fuck are we... And the reason why, the number one reason why, is America. America wants Canada to keep their fucking laws exactly the same way. Right. They've constantly been pushing, putting pressure on them. It's just embarrassing. It's getting to the point where it's yeah. embarrassing that marijuana. I mean, it like, is. seriously. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's ridiculous. It's like no no other... Uh, and people say, it's just a drug. You know what you fucking druggy, man? You need a drug. That's not even it. Even if I never wanted to do marijuana, marijuana again for the rest of my life, I would still say that you telling me I can't do it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. It's like if you were living alone on an island and there was only four people on the island and one of them said, if you smoke weed, I'm going to lock you in jail. The other three would be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? We got other shit to worry about. Why do you care if I want to sit on the island and get high? Once I do my chores, what do you give a fuck? If I'm a productive member of society? Well, that, that one person out of four is just as ridiculous as what we've got going on right now. What we've got going on right now is some people, and they're telling other people what they can and can't do with their body that doesn't hurt a goddamn thing. And that's stupid. And at least Canada is figuring that out first. But they still deported that Mark Emery guy. The poor fucking guy, man, was living free in his own country, and he was selling seeds, seeds to a goddamn plant that makes you silly. Where are you going? You going to go pee? I'm going to talk about myself? This is ridiculous. You fucking weak-bladdered bitch. By the way, um, I will be playing the uh, UFC drinking game this weekend. This, this weekend, uh, the UFC is in Vegas, and it's uh, BJ Penn versus Nick Diaz. Unfortunately, uh, George St. Pierre was supposed to be fighting. He was supposed to be fighting Carlos Condit in a fucking amazing fight that I was really looking forward to. Was, the whole card was kind of crazy. It started out, it was uh, Nick Diaz was supposed to be fighting George St. Pierre, but Nick Diaz kind of flaked at a few press conferences, and then they pulled him out and said, all right, Carlos Condit is now fighting GSP. And everybody was like, what? And then they said, Nick Diaz, you still want to fight? You're going to fucking do press, all this shit? And he's like, okay, all right, you're fighting BJ Penn. And everybody's like, holy shit. Because actually, that made it even, uh, like, that's pretty goddamn exciting. It was supposed to be GSP versus um, uh, B, uh, GSP versus Condit, which is an amazing fight. Or uh, GSP versus Diaz, rather, which is an amazing fight. And he got... You know, Condit versus G or versus BJ Penn, which is another amazing fight. So they essentially just swapped, and it was Eagle. And unfortunately, it was uh, even rather. But unfortunately, GSP hurt his knee, and uh, he fell out. He, I think he had a, a, a strain or a strained MCL, and uh, it's going to be a couple months. He has to do rehab on it and shit. And so, really, really big, big disappointment. But the rest of the card is still fucking sick. There's a lot, a lot of good fights on this. Joey's coming down with me. And um, 
Jamie Kilstein's coming up from New York. He's bringing his little brother. Should be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been to Vegas in a long time either. It's been a while. I'm supposed to go to a Halloween party with uh, South Park. Uh, people, oh, really? All the people that work for South Park are throwing a party. And nice. uh, I don't know what to go as because everyone that goes there, I went last year and the year before. Mm-hmm. And all, every, every time they go there, they, everyone goes overboard. Like everyone's like spending months on their costumes, you know? You should be the exploding death squad cat. <laughs> But yeah, but what am I gonna, where am I going to get that? Get out? a cat outfit and some fucking fake that's dynamite. A good idea. Strap yourself together. Get a watch, like a flavor flavor clock. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Not? I wish I would have thought. But about don't it. go with the Hitler mustache. You got to get no, rid of the Hitler I'll do mustache. The iTunes version. You should take that off. The yeah, you should take that off anyway. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Why are you giving that stupid cat a Hitler mustache? It's not Hitler. It's Chaplin. It's but not I, I, it's I, Hitler. It's Chaplin. It's Hitler because Hitler is after Chaplin. Every it's, it's everyone a test. knows it's a, a it's a mental a test to see if you're a Hitler or Chaplin, and just to see your personality. It's a personality test of a logo. Or it could be Michael Jordan because he pulled it exactly. off. Exactly. It's a Jordan. But that's a goofy move on Michael Jordan. How big is his ego? Yeah. Yeah, Thought it looks stupid. Off the anyway. Hitler mustache. So I got the uh, kick-ass well, girl cat too, bro. <laughs> I got the kick-ass girl uh, costume, but I think it's it's too tight because it's uh, a girl's extra large girl. But that's only at, like a thirty-two waist, Ooh. so my like gut hangs out of it. That's hot, but it's actually pretty funny looking. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to embarrass myself because that's embarrassing, you know. Yeah, like, when you have like a super tight and you're dressed up as a girl. At the same time, well, you're supposed to be funny, right? <laughs> right I guess you got to so. be careful though. You're gonna are you going to hang out with your girl? Yeah. You don't want to be too humiliating. Exactly. So the other yeah. thing is she's going to go as Wendy. You got to be cool. Sexy right? Wendy. Sexy Wendy from the so, hamburger place? Yeah, so I'm going to be Jake Thomas a, Zombie She goes he's a, dead. Oh, okay. I was going to say she goes as a cow with a bullet hole. Yeah. Do that too. I was gonna be Dave Thomas, but like better. decaying, but he still has the little tie on and stuff. But you'd have to shave your beard. You I know. It won't take two weeks. Two weeks to go back. Yeah. That's not a bad one. If she, you got a theme thing going on, yeah. but then you know you're kind of being the beta to your your chick's lead. You yeah. Know? You're following her lead. You know, maybe you could be a wolf that that the big bad wolf that catches that Wendy, Wendy in the woods. Or I could be Ronald. Fucks her. You could be a werewolf that catches her. On the way home, is there a, bringing buns back and just give her the dick in the bushes. Is there a, somebody said that there's a TV show from the 80s that was about werewolves that Joe Rogan was a character in, in the <laughs> the name Joe Rogan was a character. What? Yeah. Come on. I, yeah. That's some, probably some nonsense from Wikipedia. Yeah. I didn't check so it. So they, they had a goddamn, uh, some website, I won't even give them the dignity of naming the website, had a list of uh, werewolf movies, the best werewolf movies ever. My God, is it a piece of shit list. First of all, they had this... They didn't have The Howling on, which is a goddamn travesty. You gotta have The Howling. If you're gonna have werewolf movies... There's really only two. There's American Werewolf in London and The Howling. Those are the only two good ones. American Werewolf in London being far superior. That's the greatest werewolf movie of all time, for sure. But they had, like, Ginger Snaps, which I saw, which was... The werewolf was so bad, it looked like someone drew a scary face on a balloon. Werewolf, a TV Sorry. series from 1987 <laughs> to 1988. The character's name was Alamo Joe Rogan. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that is weird, man. Wasn't Alamo Joe Rogan a fucking baseball player? Uh, Wasn't that like a famous black baseball player? Or there was like, no, Rocket Joe Rogan or something like that? I don't know. Joe Rogan, put in Joe Rogan baseball player. Oh, yeah, no, it yeah, like he's a famous, dude. yeah, famous black baseball player. Yeah, but player. what it was his, he had like a nickname, though. It was like Hurricane something or Old yeah. Stink Eye. Just write uh, Joe Rogan baseball player. Hey, hold on. Joe Rogan baseball player. Yeah, there he goes. Player asshole. Don't write that. Butthole. Don't write butthole. Ooh. Bullet, yeah, bullet, bullet Joe Rogan. He was in the Negro League. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? See the resemblance? Looks a lot like me. Well, oh, oh, ah! 
Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We, just a, we, we just had a failure. We have a mic arm failure. And then what it happened? took down a CO2. Where did it go? I don't know. It just gave up. <laughs> we don't use the best components here <laughs> at the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Let me fit this thing back on. I might turn down your mic real quick, so yeah. why do you do that? Uh, we, oh, this is, uh, I guess we can say this, uh, Death Squad has a comedy show uh, tomorrow at the Ice House. We have Duncan Trussell uh, is going to be there with Little Hobo, uh, Al Magical, Steve Renazizi from The League, uh, Kevin Christie, and it's Sam Tripoli's birthday tomorrow, so we're having a huge party. We're just going to get drunk and wasted, and Jason Tubo is going to drive us all. Uh, so that's tomorrow at the Ice House, 8 and 10 o'clock. Uh, you go to the Ice House website. You can buy tickets now. Last week, uh, it sold out. We had Joe Rogan there. And we're also going to be recording uh, another uh, podcast there uh, with Duncan. And, and so that's going to be interesting. And Joe's still uh, fixing the mic arm. And I think it's... And we're back. All right, sweet. Yeah, I got to get some better mic arms. I like, the, I like the old ones we had better, actually. I've been yeah. watching the guests use it. It's not an arm. It's just kind of like... A, it well, makes you know, no noise either. Um, the best way is really to have them stationary yeah. and just make the guy come up to it. Yeah. You know? Corolla has it set up where he's got um, a straight arm and it's screwed into the table. There's a straight arm. You can move it left or right, but that's it. Right. That's really the best. This, this fucking thing is moving around too much, goddammit. But it's back. But this seems so cool to have this mechanical arm. Yeah, because it like, seems like we're professionals. Like yeah. we're, we're playing. Like we have a we're radio. Playing radio. Show. We're That's playing radio. radio. Well, we're on the radio legit now. Yeah. You know, if you don't know, we're on Sirius Satellite Radio. I don't know what channel it is. The Opie and Anthony it's channel. It used to be 202, I think, or it's something like that. The called virus. the Opie and Anthony channel now. Oh, it's really? Yeah. Is that the virus it's anymore? It's not the virus anymore. They finally wised up. I mean, Open Anthony is a fucking huge radio station or a huge radio uh, show. Yeah. And they, they've been calling it the virus since the beginning for like, what has it been, like eight years or something crazy? How long have they been on Sirius? A long time. I wish Sirius would send me a free subscription at least. <sighs> they don't even give you shit. No, they don't give you nothing. They don't care. Nothing. Nothing. You don't get a goddamn thing. Did you hear uh, the, them talk about Patrice the other day on Open Anthony? That was... I didn't hear it, but I heard about it through the internet. Somebody yeah. uh, from the board. That's sad. Yeah, Subverter actually tweeted me about it. I was like, what? And then I went and looked online, and he had a stroke. You know, we, we talk about it all the time, you know, because it's a, it's a big thing in, in my head. you got to take care of your fucking shell. you got to take care of your body. You have to. you got to, you know, you can fuck around a little bit, but God damn it, overall, you should really be kind of fit. You should do your best to be kind of fit. You'll have a better life. You really will. If you eat healthy... Take care of yourself. You'll have a better life. And Patrice is always a big guy. And he also had a lot of health problems, too. He had diabetes, which is uh, just fucking just a huge drag, you know. And that I don't know what contributes to a stroke. That could have easily contributed to it. And some people that are real healthy get di- get strokes, you know. Strokes My grandfather just- had a stroke when he was 67. He smoked every day, uh, stroke at 67. And then he had, like, a couple heart attacks 10 years later. But the stroke made him be, like, a normal guy to being with a cane. He had to learn- relearn how to walk again. Wow. Uh, and then ever since he had that stroke, he just was pretty miserable. That's all I remember him being, just bored and miserable, you know. Well, I would imagine, you know, your shell becomes comes prison you know you can't you can't fucking get around that's that's a drag man 
Mm-hmm. But there you are smoking. Smoking. Even you know. You know what I'm more concerned about them. is my mom's been getting crazy. My mom uh, gets moles removed all the time because they're Ooh. cancerous moles. Oh, God. And they found one the other day, and they're like, this is really bad. This is like, we caught it early, but this is like, uh, this is cancerous, and it's on like near your, her spine or something <laughs> weird like that. And it's, and, mm. and the crazy thing is, it's like, they're like, all right, so we're going to schedule you, you know, December 14th to take it out. And I'm like, wait a second. You just said it was cancer. Shouldn't you get that out, like, now? Like, who cares if it's a slow-growing cancer? You yeah. should do that immediately. Especially because you know you have cancer now. You're freaking out. Yeah. Who knows if that's going to, like, accelerate the growth of the thing. Yeah. I, I think it's probably a, a scheduling issue. They're probably, you know, an insurance issue and a bunch of other different things. But, yeah, I bet if she had a lot of money, they'd probably get her in immediately. Yeah. And my sister just got some moles removed for cancer. And, and now I'm like, wait, I haven't been to the doctor ever. And I got <laughs> yeah, the insurance. I, I should. I know. I just, I, well, I, I just go. do you just go all the time? I, I hate doctors. I, well, I don't have a go. family doctor anymore or a family dentist. I used, I grew up with like the same doctor my whole life and then I just moved away and now I just go to like urgent cares. You know, I, I, I don't want to have a relationship with a doctor. I'm well, too old for that now. When are you going back to Ohio again? Yeah, exactly. Is UFC coming this no, year? Damn. No. You could um, schedule it, you know, like yeah. the next time you're going to be that's back true. in Ohio. That's yeah, what you should, should do. do that. Since you like the guy. Yeah. It's not like you're going to go here. And, you know, I notice also, I talk about this always on Tom Segura's podcast. We always talk, have a dental update every week. But uh, I, I notice that dentists out here also seem more like car, car salesmen. Like, they, they're automatically trying to get you to upgrade things yeah. when you go there. Like, the other day, I went to the dentist, and they, 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 they charged me for a fluoride treatment. I'm like, I just wanted a cleaning. What's this fluoride treatment? And she's like, oh, she didn't go through. That's uh, extra. You know, you can get it. And I'm like, no, she just gave it to me. I didn't ask for a fluoride. But they were trying to add things on, like money, uh, you know, uh, like. Like oh you got the extra in, the My warranty. My guy tried to sell me on braces. Braces. I'm like bitch, you know. Really? Yeah. I did. My front teeth are straight, but dude, okay. that would be fucking awesome. But if you get braces, get the teeth, metal ones. My front teeth are perfect, but my bottom teeth, uh, there's some bunching up. But that be badass. But he braces. he said it to me, and I looked at it. And I go, I'm a man. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if my teeth are a little. Can I chew through meat? Right. Yeah, they're good. Well, you know, it's not like they're all jacked. Right. You know, like. Frank but are they getting worse though? Is, no. No, it, no. 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 You don't want to be like that old person growing. with like, the you don't teeth. Like, your teeth don't. You don't get extra teeth coming in. They get spread out more. When uh, Frank Shamrock got braces, uh, the UFC, the former UFC champion, and right. he he needed braces. He had some weird dental thing going on where he had like double teeth. Right. You ever met people that have like teeth yeah, that double. grow over teeth? Yeah. Like a lot of weird shit going on. Right. So I don't I don't know what that's about, but he needed braces. Like right. that makes sense. Like I understand. Like you don't want people to like go every time you smile. Go, what the fuck is going on in his mouth? Right. You know, there's certain you know you start tweaking about extra teeth and shit. Yeah. It starts fucking with your head. You're like, all right, I want to get rid of some of these goddamn teeth and fix my face. Yeah. That makes sense. But to just have a little bit of a crooked tooth here and there, like, come on, bitch, what are you worried about? I never understood why there's like you see those older people or whatever that has that one funky tooth that shoots out of their mouth, and, and you're just like, fixed. why don't you just at least get that pulled? You yeah, know, like yeah. you're just holding on to like you know, like bald people are holding on to the last amount of hair and trying to comb it over, so move it, looks, it around the yeah, circle. What the fuck? If you just get that shit taken, my, yeah, my, my stepbrother took all his teeth out. Oh god, all of his teeth? Yeah. Why? He he just drank. I think I've talked about this before. He he always drinks like Mountain Dew. Like oh he drink like a, a, a twelve pack of Mountain Dew a day, 
and his teeth were so bad he never went to the dentist because he couldn't you know whatever for, for whatever reason and they were like dude all your teeth are fucked and he's like uh right, just pull them all oh my god pull them all because how does he eat food well he has fake teeth now like dentures oh my god. but you know it's like the the cost to fix it all was impossible you know oh my god it's probably like twenty thousand dollars something like that. oh my god so so he has like basically like the whole denture thing like a plastic yes. gum and you stick it on with glue yeah like they have like that polydent shit yeah. you ever see those commercials where yeah. like look your dentures can stay even underwater and they take a glass and they, oh, they glue so the fucking fake teeth to it and they put it underwater it's amazing you, yeah. you drink your water and not worry about your teeth falling out that's so dark man when you when you have your whole mouth full of fake teeth that's dark yeah I had a friend who had no teeth. My friend Mount Vernon Tommy. He had no fucking teeth. Mount Vernon Tommy. Mount Vernon Tommy. Yeah, he was a pool hustler from White Plains, from for Mount Vernon. But you know, he used to come by executive billiards in White Plains, and he had a certain way of talking, and he didn't have any teeth. He had no teeth. When he wanted to get a little filet mignon, and what I do is I put it in the blender, puts a filet mignon in the blender so that he can just fucking buzz it down and then eat it. Sort of like how I make my smoothie with like kale and shit. He would do that with steak. He would buzz up steak in a blender and then eat it. I'm like, this poor fuck. He's got no goddamn teeth. Ugh. It was he had. I met some crazy fucking people in my pool hall days, but he was one of the craziest. Really nice guy, great pool player, but terrible organizer of his life. And what he did was he would work for a taxi dispatch. And uh, he would work, like, ridiculous, ridiculous hours, get enough money together, and then go play pool with it and gamble his money. I mean, here's a guy that was probably only making a few hundred bucks a week, right? And he would, you know, regularly come in and, you know, gamble for a couple thousand bucks. And sometimes he would lose. And when he would lose, then he would go into debt with what's called a Shylock. And what a Shylock is is a, essentially a gangster, a, a, a person who loans you money. And they learn you, loan you cash when you ordinarily can't get a loan. And they do it at a ridiculous rates of interest. And, you know, you have to pay, pay points. And he would fucking... He would go into debt with these guys, owe them like fucking, you know, 20 grand, 10 grand, whatever the fuck it is. And this poor guy would just disappear for months and just work it off. Just disappear. And then go right back into the hole again. Same thing. Come come back and, and, and get a loan. And you're well about to get a loan and play some. A lot of people talking a lot of shit. I'm going to come back and play some. Show them how to fucking do it. You know, they don't have good cue ball control. And he would like tell you why he was going to win. And the cue same, ball control. And you, knew, you knew the chances are that he's probably going to lose. It was going to be the same fucking thing over and over again eventually. You know, it's like you, you're, you're running... You're always, always behind, you know, the expression, always behind the eight ball. You just fucking can't quite catch a break. And I watched this guy, and I learned a lot. You know, you learn a lot from people that are out of control in their life about what's possible, like the justifications, of, you know, like when you see people addicted to gambling or addicted to anything. You know, you can, you can watch people where they, their control of life slips away. And it's fascinating to watch, you know. I'd never been around gamblers until I started playing pool. Yeah. Do you know anybody that's a gambler? I, I know card players, and it's kind of sad and depressing because it's all about luck, you know? And then sometimes they're, like, on top of the game, and they, they're then other times you, you just see them, like, suffering. Like, they're fucking selling shit and just... Well, it's certainly not totally about luck, but luck plays a part in it. If, yeah, for the most part. It plays a part. You definitely... When you have guys of equal skill, then, yeah, luck certainly plays a part. Well, their game was Uno, so it was mostly luck. <laughs> 
hooked on Uno. I like Uno. What? Because Ari is uh, pretty successful at poker, and he does it through strategy and his intellect and his discipline. He's he's a good poker player, man. He makes money. There was a lot of times where he's making way more money uh, playing poker than he was doing comedy. Yeah. But I think that shit's kind of dried up, too. I think it's hard. The internet, apparently, is just fested, infested with bots. Yeah. There was a guy who was uh, on one of these uh, pool websites, and he's a pretty pretty knowledgeable dude. And uh, he was talking about how it's useless to play poker on these websites because they're all it's they're they're like when you get on a website, you might be playing in a room with five people, but two of them might be bots, and that might, they might be bots set forward by the um, the the poker company, and you can't beat them. And they're, they're computer programs they're running. Yeah, that's cheating. They're cheating. Yeah. And they're essentially running up the bets and making people bet more money and, and busting people. And it's like, maybe it could just be you and some other guy who doesn't know how to play poker and you could make some fucking money. But no, no, no. No, it's you and some other guy who doesn't know how to play poker and bots. Right. You're not going to win. It's fucking crazy, man. When you hear about shit like that. And then those, uh, which guys got busted recently? They got in a lot of big, big trouble. They owe Bruce Buffer money. They owe a bunch of oh, yeah. money. Uh, All star poet. What is it? The one that's thing? always on people's backs, right? And what the fuck is it called? Fuck. Let's which let's do uh, uh, search poker bubble. scandal. Full tilt. Full, full tilt, tilt poker. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, these guys just they had a, a bunch of money that they kept there, like in a bank, and these motherfuckers just spent it. <laughs> <laughs> they just they ripped off online players to the tune of four hundred and forty four million bucks. Wow. God damn. Holy shit. That's amazing. Yeah. These guys, uh, well, they were poker players. They're, this is who started it. The Department of Justice specifically named pros Howard Letterer and Chris Ferguson, who were the founders of the site back in 2004 in the scheme. Uh, the amount of poker pros who were involved with Full Tilt is hard to ignore. So they don't know really how many people were involved, but these guys, uh, they, they just made mad loot stealing from people. That's a that, that world of the gambler, the pool player, um, poker player, like the, the the dice player. People, the world of the gambler is just just to the core with seedy people to try to make this legitimate. Like what they're trying to do now with all this crazy, you know, professional poker and shit that didn't exist when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. What what this is is like what they're doing is they're cleaning up degenerates. They're cleaning up degenerates and presenting them to the American public. But these are degenerates. Even if they're they're really rich and successful and good at it, at their core, they're most of them are degenerate gamblers. And those are, those people are crazy. Those people do nutty shit, man. There's a certain percentage of them that are off their fucking rocker. That's why they've wound up as professional gamblers. You know, they're they're junkies for adrenaline and craziness, and they're impulse people, and they're people that are willing to to take ridiculous chances. You know, there's there's a lot of nuttiness to the world of the professional gambler. I've never been a gambler. Never had that in me at all. I can't. I, I don't like making bets. And once in a while in Vegas, I'll do it. Like I'll I'll, I'll just because I not I don't get to do that ever. Uh-huh. You know, unless I'm in Vegas. So once in a while, I'll spend like you know like a hundred bucks max. You know, but not really. It's a scary. You're never gonna win. You mean yeah. you, you win a little bit here and there, but goddamn, you can lose a fuckload. Yeah. The um, pool players fucked themselves when it came to gambling. <laughs> they uh, there was only one time that the casino put a line on a pool tournament. It was the U.S. Open. And, you know, when uh, a casino puts a line on a a pool tournament, uh, essentially they're saying this guy's the favorite, this guy's the big underdog. And the big underdog was like, you know, 40 to 1 or whatever the fuck it was, was Mike LeBron. 
And Mike LeBron's a good player, but he's not like the best players like Earl Strickland, Johnny Archer. Those are the, those are the guys that everybody assumed were probably Mike Siegel. Those are the guys everybody assumed were going to get to the top. Buddy Hall. Those are like the real names. Well, they all dumped to this Mike LeBron guy. They all went. <laughs> they all went to the fucking the, the gambling booth. They bet all their money on Mike LeBron to win, and then everybody lost to Mike LeBron, and they all went and cleaned up. And then, then the, the casino was like, what? You motherfuckers. Like, you, you fucking, what? How? And, you know, what can they say? I mean, you, you can't leave a cat in a room with a mouse and expect him not to kill it. Right. It's just the way it is. They're, they're degenerates. <laughs> they, they can't help it. To them, first place, you know, at a good pool tournament, is, you know, back then, it might have been like seven grand. It might have been like, if it was a big tournament, it might well, U.S. Open's like 40 or 50. Back, who, who knows if it was 20 or 30, whatever it was. $30,000. a big score. But you're not... Sure, assured of winning. If you're going up, you're playing a pool tournament. It's a double elimination tournament. You lose once to Johnny Archer and then another time to Earl Strickland. You're out. You can do that or you can just put all your money on Mike LeBron. And everybody gets together and say, let's, let's make a deal. Mike LeBron, I bet a dollar I make 40. This isn't hard to fucking figure out, folks. Let's pull our money. We got a thousand bucks. We're going to make $42,000 right now. Let's split that shit up. No, no, no drama whatsoever. Let's do it. And so they all got together and everybody bet on this guy. And then the, the, the casinos never gambled on pool again they're like well we're not stupid you know it's not like you can't it's not like basketball where it's like you know there's a lot of money in winning it's not like boxing like i don't know if there's any fighters that are going to put money down on themselves and then take a dive maybe they would if it was the end of their career and they could be assured they could make a lot of money that was always a big speculation about marvin Hagler, because marvin Hagler lost his last fight to Sugar Ray Leonard where he was a big favorite to win that fight. And it didn't look like the same Marvin Hagler. It didn't look like like when he got Sugar Ray against the ropes, it didn't look like he was really punishing him. It didn't really look like he was trying to stop him. It was almost like he knew that the fix was in and he was a part of it. Because after it was over, I mean, and I'm just, look, Marvin Hagler is one of the greatest boxers of all time. I'm not implying. I'm just going with the urban legend. After this was over, he leaves and goes to Italy and makes movies. He becomes an Italian movie star. Just leaves. So, like, if he made some sort of a deal with the mob, and they're like, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet a lot of money on a Sugar Ray Leonard. You knock, knock him out. You leave him alone. The judges are in the pocket. They're going to make a lot of money. Come to Italy. Be a star. Fuck this boxing. You want to be a movie star in Italy? So they taught him Italian, <laughs> flew him out to Italy. He became a fucking movie star. It's, that's the, the urban, that's the urban right. legend. The reality is one of the greatest boxers of all time. Marvin Hagler, I was a huge Marvin Hagler fan. He was a, a monster, man. I remember when I was a kid, I watched him. He was training for Mustafa Ham Show, and uh, they had him on the news because he was, he was, what he would do is on the Cape, he would live on Cape Cod, which is the ocean that nobody went to in the winter. God, it was fucking frigid. You know, it's zero degrees, and the, the waves would be crashing, and the wind would be whipping, and the fucking wind chill factor was like, who knows how many fucking degrees below zero. And this motherfucker would be running on the beach, screaming war. You know, Marvin Hagler, like, I remember watching it on TV when I was a little kid, going, holy shit, look at this guy. Like, that was in my mind. Like, that's what a fighter could be. Like, a, the scariest fighter would be a fighter that's doing everything correctly, 100% focused, 100% dedicated, stays away from his wife, doesn't go anywhere near his kids, locks himself in a fucking house on the beach and just works out every day and runs on the beach and just wants to kill you and can't wait. And it's counting the days down before he gets to punch you in the fucking face, you know? So I'm not saying that Marvin Hagler took a dive, but I'm saying that that's the rumor. <laughs> This is going to be a fun UFC, man. You got to start 
when's the next UFC you're going to come to? You want to come to San, Mo- San Jose? Mm, yeah, that's be a good cool. one. We got some shows there too. Yeah, we're doing. Uh, when is that? Uh, doing the San Jose Improv. When is that? Do you know November, when that is? November. Uh, is it on my little calendar? I think yes. So. November eighteenth. Uh, we're going to be at the San Jose Improv. It's uh, Joey Diaz is coming. Now we just found out that Brian is coming as well. I don't know who else is coming. Might we might have one other Comic Con, maybe Duncan or whoever's around. And uh, then we got the the two shows at the. Um, at the San Jose Improv that night, and then the UFC is the next night. It's a, it's a killer UFC, too. It's Vanderlei Silva versus Kong Lee and uh, Shogun versus Henderson. It's going to oh, nice. be fucking nuts. That's a good one. God, I hope nobody gets hurt before that one comes. <laughs> yeah, right? That kind of sucks. Yeah, well, the sport's crazy. Yeah. You know, when you're when, when you got to practice kicking the shit out of each other and punching each other and kneeing each other in the face and shit, mm-hmm. man, people get hurt. You yeah. know, you tweak knees. Look, even George St. Pierre, man, George has never um, pulled out with a, a knee injury before. I mean, I think he's hurt himself in the past. I can't remember him pulling out a fight cell because he was hurt. Maybe I'm wrong. I know he, uh, he, he has been injured. Like, after he fought... Tiago Alves, he he was laid up for a while because he fucked his groin up in that fight. But I can't remember other injuries where he had to pull out of a fight. I might be wrong, though. So many guys do. It's just no way around it, man. And I hate it, but it's a smart thing to do. You got to pull out. You can't fight injured. You know, you fight injured, you get fucked up. You fight Carlos Condit and you only got one wing, dude, you might get jacked. That guy's a beast. If you can barely, you know, you can't move right, and if it get hurts, if it gets hurt more, like during the fight, and you like try to dig in on it and move a certain direction, maybe you can't move and you get hit with a kick you would have never got hit with, right. and then it's lights out, and then your whole career changes, your whole life changes. Like at that level of the game, you can't do it. But I've seen dudes fight hurt before. Mike Masenzio was the biggest uh, example. He's a, a real tough guy, and he came into the UFC once. He fought uh, CB Dalloway, and he came in with his whole leg taped up like a cast. It was fucking nuts, like Sakuraba style. If you ever saw Sakuraba back in the old uh, Pride days, Sakuraba was an amazing fighter, but his knees were fucked up. He just had been leg-locked too many times and kicked too many times. They were just badly damaged, so bad that he would get these his legs taped up before the fights and it was nuts it was like a mummy i mean it was like he was like from halfway down to his to his calf all the way up to like a, a foot above his knee it was all taped up it was like crazy but he had to do that, and he would like walk like an old man. You know, he had to do that, and then he would go in and kick you with that same leg. <laughs> He'd like stabilize his own knees with tape and wraps because it was like all loose and fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. it was really one of the reasons why people loved him. They knew he was all battered up, and he would still go in there and go fucking crazy. But it's really not smart. It's really not smart to fight injured. You know, you're supposed to. If you like, you look at a guy like George St. Pierre. He does everything perfectly. He's very technical, and he wants to always be able to, you know, avoid getting hit, but hit the other guy. He wants to always be able to utilize the right strategy. And if you got a, a fucked up wheel, man, if your knee is jacked, that's like that's a good percent of his whole game. This whole game is about exploding on people and getting out of the way of people and making sure people can't take him down and making sure he can take them down and then kicking them. You know, that's his whole game, yeah. kicking and punching them and taking them down. And like, fuck, you can't kick somebody? You can't, you can't run out of the way? You can't, you know, that's a terrifying thing for a fighter to have only one knee that works. What a fucking nutty sport, dude. You take your body and you try to blast someone else's body with it. No, thanks. Yeah, crazy. You, you get exhausted, you know, and everybody's just trying to figure out the right way to do it. No one's quite got it mastered yet. 
they've only got it mastered against this level, and we're always looking at the next level coming up. Like, even though Anderson Silva is no doubt about it, the greatest fighter that's ever walked the face of the earth, there's nobody who's ever been better. No one has ever done the kind of shit that that guy does. Like, if you look at his fight, his last fight that he had, man, Yushin Okami is a beast. He's a tough, tough fucking guy. No one's ever handled him the way Anderson handled him. Anderson is just on this complete, total different new level. But... There's some people coming up, man. They're coming up, and they're they're going to be better. There's the John Joneses of the world. You know, you look at John Jones. You go, what's John Jones going to be like when he's 30? John Jones is only 23 years old, dude. And he's way better at 23 than he was at 22. I met him at 22. He was good then. He's fucking way better now. What's he going to be like when he's 25? What's he going to be like when he's 28 years old? He's going to be a fucking comic book superhero, dude. He's just going to be doing shit to people you can't even believe. Some young guy, people that are coming up that aren't that talented, people that have physical flaws, people that have flaws in their game, he's just going to run through them. Just going to run through them the question is you know when does the the two paths cross like the master like anderson silva who's a a master at a, a certain few levels of the game and then this young kid coming up who's slowly mastering everything you know comes from this completely different discipline of wrestling you know anderson comes from this muay thai discipline his his discipline is all about kicking you and punching and all of a sudden there's this wrestler who's kicking you and punching you and it's like what he can wrestle too and he's developing this ridiculous kicking and punching game fuck, that's the next level. And then there's going to be someone after him, man. There's going to be some guy who does everything twice as fast as everybody else does it. And he's coming up right now. He's probably 10 years old right now. Yeah, Someone's holding the pads for him. There's probably more fighters now in training than there's ever been. Ever, ever been, ever, by right? far. And it's the organizations are growing. You know, people always say that the UFC is a... Um, is a uh, monopoly, you know, and the, they're, they're actually even being investigated by someone... Federal, Federal CC, Federal Trade, FTC, Federal Trade Commission, and they're being investigated as being a monopoly. But it's not a monopoly. They just do it better than anybody else. It's like you can't, you can't say that NASCAR is a monopoly. But if you wanted to say, hey, let's start up our own fucking car league, you know, we're going to just race cars all across the country. What are you going to call it? The new car league? Everybody's like, but it's not NASCAR, right? No. Well, it's not NASCAR has a monopoly. It's just they're the best at it. You could start your own car league if you want to. That's the same thing with the UFC. The UFC is not a monopoly. You know, they just have the best fighters right now because they have the most money and the most popularity. But they built this shit up, man. If you want to do it by yourself, do it by yourself. And Bellator is doing it by themselves. There's a company called Bellator, and they're fucking. They've got some good fighters, man. They've got uh, a good show. They got this guy Jimmy Smith who does the commentary. He's really good at it. He's a black belt in jujitsu. Knows what the fuck is going on. He's, he gives excellent commentary. Their color guy's really good. They have a good show. They do a different format where they have tournaments and they they hold this tournament and the tournament takes place over several weeks or several months rather and then they pick uh, a guy who wins the tournament and then he fights for the title and you know they do a fucking real good job man they do a real good job with it and they just got bought out by Viacom so it's not that the UFC is a monopoly there's other people in the game they just been in the game longer they spent more money they invested more time they do it better it's that simple you know it's like there's a certain amount of people that whenever you get to a certain level of success they want to they want to think that you did something wrong to get there but if it wasn't for the UFC, man, nobody would have invested that kind of money. Eventually, I think MMA would have slowly broken through to the mainstream over the course of who knows how many years. Or it could have wound up like soccer, where everybody thought it was going to make it, but it never did. 
You remember when, when soccer when we were kids? They were pushing soccer. Like soccer is eventually going to be a big professional sport. I remember that. But never, they just never quite marketed it correctly. Never quite got through. Yeah. I, I, same with hockey for for Columbus. Hockey's still pretty good for though. Ohio. For where Ohio, I live, they really? they tried to push hockey a lot. Yeah. And it was pretty big for a while, but now it's kind of like I don't think it's. If someone's smart, if someone's got balls, listen to me right now. This is the thing. K one kickboxing. K one kickboxing is some of the most exciting shit to watch in the world. If you watch the highest level kickboxers, god damn is that shit exciting. It's so fucking fun to watch. They go at it, man. It's only three rounds. Even title fights are like three rounds. They fucking go to war, man. And those some of the fights are five rounds, I think. But either way, they they're they're fun, and it's all striking, which is what a lot of people like. A lot of people don't like the wrestling aspect of MMA. I love it because I think it's the most realistic sport in the world. I mean, it is real fighting. It's a sport of real fighting encompassing all the different techniques. So to me, it's more complicated. It's more cerebral. There's more strategy involved because there's more variables. I, I'm uh, always going to be a huge fan uh, primarily of MMA. If I had one thing to watch, it would be MMA. But I love fucking kickboxing too. I love watching it. It's so much more exciting than regular boxing. And we know how boxing is still doing well. People still want to see a good boxing match. You know, if Manny Pacquiao's fighting, people are still going to pack in to see that guy light people up. But man, if you watch some high-level kickboxing, boxing becomes boring because they can't kick. They're not doing all this other crazy shit. You watch like, I went to the um, Muay Thai Professional League. They had a show at Long Beach and I went down and checked that shit out. God damn, it was fun, dude. They were some of the best kickboxers in the world. And just, I was in the front row and watching these guys go at it, man. It's wild, wild shit because they don't have to worry about being taken down. There's no takedowns. So they're just fucking teeing off on each other, man. Wild head kick knockouts and spinning back fist knockouts and cutting people with elbows. It was nuts, man. It's a, it's a crazy sport. I can't believe that it doesn't get the press that it deserves. Because like, maybe it's not as good as MMA, but God damn, if it ain't a close second. And it's not being promoted. Someone's, someone's completely dropped the ball. You know, they all, the, the people who own K1, they owe a lot of money, man. They want to start fights, but they want uh, to not have to pay all the fighters that they owe money to. And they owe just <coughs> fucking untold millions of dollars to fighters that they haven't paid. Wow. So they're in a, a bad financial situation, but it's because they just they didn't promote it correctly. If somebody like the UFC came along, if Zufa came along and picked up K1, they're not interested in it. I've talked to them about it. But if someone like that did, if Mark Cuban did, or someone with balls and a lot of money who loves a sport, goddamn, that's a gold mine. It's a goddamn gold mine. Mark Cuban, go do it. You already got Michael Chavella working for you. Michael Chavella, the Australian guy, my buddy, mm-hmm. you've toned out. You've completely zoned out. We're no. talking about fighting. No. What are you doing? You're online? You're checking your Facebook? No, I was looking at uh, trying to find something I wanted to talk about, but I can't find it. What was it? Uh, the I don't want to talk about it. You don't want because I want to find it if I talk about it because it's kind of pointless. Well, why don't you help? Tell me and I'll help you. Uh, there's a it's a, something about the anonymous. Uh, it's a anonymous website that I want to do show you, but an anonymous I, website, a yeah. website that they have. No, I don't know if it's them or not. I can't tell if it's real or not, but it's pointless. Never mind. Sorry. How dare you, Brian? <laughs> How dare you? So um, this weekend, Friday, today's Thursday, tomorrow night, you got a show at the Ice House, and when will the uh, Ice Cal- the Ice House podcast studios confirmed? Right? Yeah, I uh, move in the next week or two. Uh, 
so I'm moving all the death squad over there. And then uh, we're still going to do a podcast tomorrow, though, with Duncan Trussell. So, okay, so, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, you're going to do a podcast uh, from the Ice House. And are you going to have it set up with mics, or we're going to do it like old school like we did we're it gonna last do it old still. And then once we get the studio there, then we're probably going to make that a whole like night at the Ice House or yeah. something like that. Well, well people were saying podcast. that the last one was good, but it felt like I was pocket calling everybody. Like, that's what it was like. It was like they right. tune into a conversation they could barely hear, but you could hear everything else in the background. And yeah. But people really liked the fact that we were sitting there at a desk right in front of the door of the club. Yeah. People were getting a kick out of that. Like, as the show was going on, like, people who are podcast fans, like, holy shit, they're podcasting right there. Right. And it was really kind of cool, you know? Yeah. If we had that area... I would like to have eventually a, a, an area set up where we could do it like maybe before the shows and in between shows and do it in the back room. And then while the show is going on, we could do it right there. Yeah. Do it right there at that table. But mm-hmm. we would have to have it a little more soundproof than it is. Just a wee bit. Right. You know, just like a curtain or something like that. It would be mm-hmm. cool if people knew we were right there. But if, if you hear it, it's, it's all the talking and shit. It's like it really bleeds into the microphone. It makes it hard to listen to. They were uh, talking about eventually uh, there's a, another office that, you know, depending on how all this goes, how they, they were thinking about building a, like a window so we could actually watch who's on stage while we're podcasting Ooh. behind the audience. Ooh. And then we can have like little intercoms if, so we can hear. That would like be that. amazing. And you know what else we can do that I think we should probably fuck around with a little bit is occasionally have shows live on stage, have a podcast live on like stage. Kind of, yeah, like yeah. we did at Jim Norton. Yeah, because it's a small room. Because it's only 85 seats, it's so intimate that it doesn't feel like the conversation's I, completely I, out of line. Yeah, I just think that it, exactly how it felt last time, though, even if there's like a couple of strange in the room we were kind of not being ourselves. we're kind of almost playing a little up, bit playing it up i remember feeling that like 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 it felt like we were doing bits almost or at least well know, kind of yeah well norton is such a great performer you know we did it with him which is a perfect guy to do it with in front of an audience because right. he just immediately went into attack mode yeah. and was just killing like right off the bat and then um you know i think it settled in after a while and it became intimate and when it became intimate also was when it was real obvious that everybody in the show in the audience was a podcast fan right and so there was fun for them to be able to sit in and watch it and even though we only did it once i, I wouldn't be uh, adverse to doing it again right and i also like the idea that we could hand out the microphone and we, we hung out pass out microphones to the crowd right. and then the crowd would ask questions that was a fun thing that that little kind of a more relaxed question and answer because i kind of stopped doing that i rarely do that uh with an audience i think i did it one time last week and you're like oh you did the q a you know right because i haven't been really doing it because mm-hmm. it it leads to like a weird ending for a show like sometimes well I don't it's kind of like to... you're going up this like like you know ends like a great finale of an uh-huh. ending and then it's like all right now let's go backwards and just kind of like talk talk yeah. a little it, yeah. yeah it's kind of weird it's weird and then people would always ask me questions that weren't that really didn't lead themselves into being funny. Tell me about Mark Eckhart. You know, yeah, random yeah, fighters. Yeah, yeah it could be. <laughs> there was a random fighter thing, and then there was always like, uh, like occasionally people would, well, not occasionally, every time people would want to talk about drugs. Yeah. Someone would always yell out, DMT, DMT, you know, fucking tell me about mushrooms. Like, it's at a certain point in time, you can only explain psychedelic experiences so many times before you start becoming a caricature of yourself yeah you know like what am i how am i going to explain dmt the thousandth time i can't i'm going to give you some and you're going to smoke it and that's the only way it's going to work and i don't have any so good luck (laughs) it's like go you know you can't i people always say that hey man uh like on twitter please um follow me and dm me i need to talk to you about dmt guess what no you don't 
No, All you right. don't. No, you don't. You don't need to talk to me about some illegal drug. And I don't know you, Skippy. You could be anybody. You could be some fucking weirdo. You could be a cop. You could be a crazy person. You don't need to talk to me about DMT. Right. right? When it becomes legal, yes. It becomes legal, I'll talk to everybody. I'll, I'll, I'll hold a seminar on the fucking White House front steps. I'll tell people about it. Yeah. Tell you how to take three deep hits. Until that time, I'm not saying shit. That's the next war. The war for consciousness. The war for control of Do your you think DMT should be legal? Um, I think, and I've said this many times before, that we need shamans. That if you're yeah, going to have something like mushrooms, if you're going to have something like peyote, what you need is a, a very uh, rigorous sort of a ritual and a, a path to follow in order to have these experiences. I don't think they should just be open for recreation. I think too many people do them and fuck their head up and don't know what they're doing, and they can be so beneficial. And I'm not saying that if you're a grown man, you shouldn't, once you have experience in these realms, you shouldn't be able to get together with your friends and have a few mushrooms and hang out and be silly and laugh. I absolutely think you should be able to. You should be able Like, there's a lot of people that are, like, real serious about it and say you should only do it for shamanic rituals and never do it for recreation. And I'm like, why? Why? When it can be fun to do it for recreation. Don't, don't say you have to do it one way or another or that it's disrespectful. Guess what? The mushroom doesn't give a fuck about your respect in this world. The, the, the mushroom is, is, a, is a, whatever it is, whatever that experience is, it seems to be about forgiveness and love and fun. You know, That's what it seems to be, about reality and truth and forgiveness and love and fun. And I don't think it minds if you use it casually. But I think we need to have some sort of a setup where uh, people are educated on it People like you don't just dive into it not knowing what the fuck it is. You, we could easily have a, a service where you know if it was legal, you could set up these shamanic places where someone could go and you. This is Tom, and Tom's gonna guide you through the program. Today's gonna be the first day, and today essentially what we're gonna do is we're gonna sit down, we're gonna watch a documentary, we're gonna have a question and answer, we're gonna watch a documentary about the history of use of mushrooms in the world, and then you'll so, fucking see this documentary on Gordon Wasson and all these other people that took mushrooms and what these tribes learned about it and how this was suppressed by you know the various fucking dictators and kings, and, and it'll go through the history of it, and then the next day you go through the history of uh, you know other psychedelic drugs and you know what's the benefit of them and what's the dangers of them and wh- how does it interact with your body and how can we find out if you know you're you're you know especially vulnerable you know and and then slowly but surely you introduce someone into those those realms and i suggest starting them off really lightly i think that the first mushroom experience you should have should be barely high you should just just get a little bit of it so you just kind of get a feel of it and a little giggle in your system you don't feel scared you don't feel nervous you just go oh this is all right this is this is this crazy experience this is just weird wow this is wild what a weird way of looking at the world i have now and then eventually slowly but surely you should be introduced into the deeper and deeper dimensions and to the ideas that there is no real solid line between this world and the others. It's just that this is all that we can detect. This is all that we have the equipment to see. And that what, what mushrooms do and what any of these psychedelic drugs do is chemically alter the way your frequency or your, the way your brain interacts with the universe and allows you to see some shit that might just be there all the time. You just might not have the ability to see it. 
That's what I think. I think all of it should be legal. There's no way one person should be keeping you from these experiences. What should be illegal, and especially illegal to sell, is anything that you think could damage people or harm people or cause addiction. And that shit already is legal. That shit has already been sold by pharmaceutical companies, things that are far, far, far more dangerous. You know, even when you come into, like, drugs that are dangerous, like heroin, you know what the fucking cure for heroin is or what they give you when you're hooked on heroin? They give you methadone, man, which in many people's eyes is way worse than heroin itself, more addictive than heroin itself, harder to get off. It's fucking dangerous shit. It's all gross. You know, so I think that stuff that's bad for you as a society, we should shun. And that's what smart people would do. That's what educated people would do. What people that are in just this fucking whirlwind of momentum and hysteria that's not based on anything logical or rational or, or realistic. That's the, when, when the world is like that, that's when you get drug laws like we have right now. Nutty ones. Don't make any sense. They're not based on logic. They're not based on knowledge. They're based on some bullshit that was taught in the 1930s. They're based on some sweeping drug addicts, drug acts, that, which included things that weren't even psychoactive in humans in 1970. So that's what I think. We're fucking being oppressed. No question about it. We have a system that's old as fuck, and you're seeing it right now with this craziest, these this demonstration, the Occupy Wall Street movement. That's the financial system. That system's old as fuck. We also have a legal system that's old as fuck, that's stupid, and that, that gets ridiculous and thinks that it's above the humans, that it's supposed to be there to help and aid and assist. And instead of assisting the humans that it's, that, that, you know, it's supposed to be there to protect, instead they act as a fucking bully unit for big businesses that seek to push things in one way or another in order to make more money. The whole thing is just filled with cunts across the board with the legal system, the financial system, and the fact that things like marijuana and mushrooms, things that probably aided in people's perception and the evolution of people's perception since there were people from the very beginning. I know for a fact that those things have helped me, and I know for a fact they've helped you. And everybody that we know that's had psychedelic experiences has been helped by them. You know, we know people that have had bad ones. We know people that have had scary ones. But when you sit down with them and say, what did you learn? What did you get out of that? They almost all say humility. They almost all say a feeling of connectedness. Remember Ari? Ari was like an angry dude for a while until Ari started tripping. And when Ari started tripping, dude, he started doing mushrooms like fairly regularly every few months or so. Ari became a way nicer guy, a way more aware of the fact that he should be a nice guy. They're there for you, man. This message brought to you by mushrooms and <laughs> marijuana. Shroom tech. Two things that are illegal. Two things that are illegal in this fucking wacky world we live in, Brian Reichel. Mm -hmm. But you know it's not illegal? Mm -hmm. Podcasts, bitches. Next week, Joe Diaz on Monday. Supposedly, David Tell on Tuesday. I got a holla at homie, and we got to work this out. And we're going to try to get Shane from uh, Vice TV, which should be absolutely fucking spectacular. Mm -hmm. And um, Friday, which is tomorrow night at the Ice House, give me the lineup. Uh, we got Duncan Trussell, Al Madrigal, Steve Renazizi, Kevin Christie, Sam Tripoli. It's his birthday, too. And Jason Tebow. And it's fifteen dollars on sale right now. Last week sold out. It's you can't. I mean, usually that that would be just one of those guys. Two of those guys are headliners. You know, yeah. that would be like a thirty dollars show usually. So yeah, that's a great show. It's, it's a great show great. with a bunch of great guys. And yeah. if you've never seen Tripoli or never seen Duncan or any of those guys, it's, it's, that's top notch stand up in L.A. And it's only like fifteen bucks, right? Yep, fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks, and they're going to be doing podcasts there. So if you fucking 
get in on that, they might let you go. Hi, mom. Yeah, don't say no? that. No, <laughs> hey, that. Yeah, well, people are yelling at can't you. have people coming. We won't tell them where the studio is. That's the thing. Yeah. Eventually, the studio will have to be uh, in glass, so people can put put their boogers on it and shit and stare at you. <laughs> but just get some really thick glass, like plexiglass, some bulletproof shit. Right. So we could do it right in front of people, like the zoo. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. To have it like right set up there. Where? How about that? You know that little door to the to the ice house when you go into that small room. Mm-hmm. How about if that wall was just all plexiglass and right. you right where the ticket booth is, right next to it, we right. had like microphones set up and we did it like so you could see right when you're on stage. Yeah, and we have like those little change machines where you usually get at the zoo where you could feed the animals, but it'd be like Skittles and stuff, and they could give us candy. Hmm. Maybe they give you candy if you get laughs. <laughs> right. Maybe if if you, you say a little feed. funny, yeah, yeah, yeah a light feed. goes off. It has to like the the decibel level of the laughter has to reach a certain level, <laughs> and then a green light goes off, and a little skittle yeah. falls into a tray or joint or joint. The Joe Rogan Experience podcast is brought to you by the Fleshlight. Thank you to the Fleshlight once again. We've been uh, in business with those guys for a long time now. It's been uh, very fun, and uh, it's funny. It it makes me uh, take things less seriously because. What are you looking for? It? Uh, I'm just finding this. Because, um, oh, the blue one. Because, I don't know, man. There's something ridiculous about being sponsored by a rubber pussy. And it, I think it's good for us to be taken less seriously, which is why you're here. And uh, anyway, what? I really hope you Shane do. Smith, contact me. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited about that. Either next week or soon. And uh, all right, that's it. You, you fucking freaks. Thanks to the flashlight. If you go to JoeRogan.net, click on the link, enter in the code name Rogan, get your 15% off. Somebody said I shouldn't say enter in because enter means to put in, but fuck you. How about that, so grammar police? people. You twat bag. Uh, <laughs> I, I say that with all the love in the world. Also, we're sponsored by Onnit, Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T, makers of Alpha Brain, and also this new stuff called New Mood. It's 5-HTP and some other groovy shit that makes you feel better. And also we have uh, Shroom Tech, which is an athletic supplement for elite athletes based on the cordyceps mushroom that I have been using lately, and I find fucking excellent. It's all good shit, you freaks. Thanks for everything. Thanks for making this podcast so successful. Thanks for being cool as fuck. Thanks for every time I go out to comedy clubs and theaters, I hear from wait staff all the time that you guys are the coolest motherfuckers they ever get to wait on. Um, I, 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 that's no bullshit. We and all they, hear. They it. love you. They were saying that at the meeting I had at the Ice House, how you guys, uh, your fans, all drink and tip, and that it's huge. They're like nice the people. You know, I, I, I think you put that out there, man. You, you put that out there, and people gravitate towards it. And I think this podcast, you know, reinforces that. And it, we need people to to think to hear that you're supposed to think a certain way. That it's a, it's a good way to think. You know, I heard that thing you did with Siri, where you asked Siri that what is the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Brody Stevens thing? Yeah, that was beautiful. You know what's crazy? Siri about- told you a, a really good. Siri said, "Be nice to people." Right. Go for walks. Yeah. And what's what cra- else did it say? What, what was Be crazy? Kind is- your fellow man. Brody was just like right before that happened. Brody goes, "Brian, do you walk?" I'm like, "No." Why? And he goes, "You need to go on walks. You need to read books." And he had a book. He's yeah. like, "I'm reading the secret." He's like, "Just make sure you read." Yes. And he's like, "Don't eat fat foods." Like he was giving me this whole lecture. Yes. And I'm like, "Let's see what Siri has to say about the meaning of life." And I played. It was exactly what Brody said. It gave me shivers. Like in the video, like you can watch the video on Vimeo. I, I have like goosebumps, and Dude, we're all freaking the fuck out. Maybe Brody Stevens now that he's on heavy meds is tapping into the true meaning. 
king of the universe. Yeah. Maybe he's got the answers. He does. Do we need to have Brody Stevens on this podcast? Fuck yeah, we I need do. to go on his podcast. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, Even come bet. to Death Squad Studios. I will come to Death Squad Studios in Pasadena. And All tomorrow right. night, get your tickets because it will sell out. There's only 85 seats in this place. Two shows, 8 and 10.30. Is that what it is? Uh, 8 and 10, I think eight it is. 8 and 10. Yeah. 8 and 10. And uh, we'll see you guys on Monday. And uh, as always, we love you, bitches. You know we love you.